The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the Convention Center or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello and welcome into a victory Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio studios. And we are talking to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in washington we are on 12 30 you can hear us online pr927fm.com and watch the show and be a part of the show by chiming in on facebook live and on youtube we will uh also be checking uh twitter feed as well if you want to be a part of today's program you can give us a call 317-1250 as we were taking your calls and having a party Saturday night after the Pirates come from behind improbable victory over the Marshall Thundering Herd. If we have time, we'll hear the big calls of the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, but we are so packed today, we might have to push that to Tuesday. What we do have coming up on today's show is Double B Brian Bailey, who will join us at around 3.30. We'll get his take on the game. He was in Huntington. We'll talk about that. Some high school football is Cowboys a winner on Sunday, so we'll talk about all that with Double B at 3.30. At 4 o'clock, we'll hear from a couple of Pirates that got into the end zone on Saturday night. Tyler Sneed and Rajay Harris got those two guys on the way at 4 o'clock. At around 4.25, we'll have an NFL recap for you. At 4.45, baseball kind of getting lost in the shuffle here during football season. Wade Howe from the Wood Ducks will join us because the Woodies are championship bound. We'll have some postseason baseball at Granger Stadium coming up uh, the next couple of nights. So we will talk to Wade Howe about that as the Woodies are uh, playing some postseason baseball at historic Granger Stadium. At 5 o'clock, Troy D and I will talk to ECU quarterback Holt Nailers. Uh, what do you do after a 77-yard two-interception performance? Well, you have one of the best performances of your life. We saw it the other night from Holden Aylers. We'll talk to him about that. And a couple of guys on the defensive side of the ball in the 5 o'clock hour, Bruce Bivens and Xavier Smith. Takes uh, two to tango when you have a comeback like that. The offense has to put up a lot of points. The defense has to give up no points, and that's what the Pirates did in the fourth quarter of that football game on Saturday night. We'll talk to Bruce and Xavier about that. We got Shirley Rhodes producing, Chandler Honeycutt video production, and to my left, Jonathan Ellery to kick off a Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Hello, Ellery. It's Victory Monday, Clip Brock. Let's use the term correctly. And I was waiting for you to say, let's take a time out. We got so much more to go in the show. But uh, it is awesome to be here today. I was sitting here thinking, you know, it's really Victory Monday for everybody in, in a way. The only person I had could question is surely if her Dolphins won over the weekend. But uh, Did they win yesterday? The, the team won. 
the uh, Panthers the football won. Football team victorious. Troy D's Bears won. Panthers. The, the Cowboys Bears, won. Boys. The uh, Igos Broncos won. Yeah. I mean, did, did did the fish win? Surely she's not looking very happy in there. So is she the only one not wow. with a complete victory Monday? It's tough to win when you don't score. The Dolphins dolphined. Ah. Uh. Yeah, sorry. They did what they normally do, which is well. the Dolphins are going to Dolphin. I yep. miss, I miss that. But uh, Shirley, you do have the Pirates, and you had a fun Saturday. Did Barden win? <laughs> uh, They're no, playing football now. No, they lost by three. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Shirley. Seventeen yeah. fourteen was that score. Man, put uh, the dunce cap back on. <laughs> <laughs> a rough one for so, uh, for Shirley, but exciting, yeah, exciting man. Great to be here. What I mean. Just exactly how uh, you broke it down for four hours in the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Pirates get a fourth quarter comeback, onside kick, and uh, win the game in Huntington. Right? Just incredible. And uh, it was a Facebook game, so we had the uh, the laptop sitting on a 15-pack of Bud Light. That was our TV stand. Mm-hmm. And uh, myself, Shirley was in there for getting ready for the postgame show, but her computer, her feed was about a second or two before ours so i said surely either you got to come in here or we got to go in there we can't have two different time feeds going on late in the game so she came in here so myself weave chandler shirley all huddled around the laptop i wish i was recording man because our reaction was fantastic but what a finish to that game what a performance by the pirates offense putting up 21 in the fourth quarter the defense jaquan mcmillan with the pick to seal the deal and east carolina escapes with the victory and lrbi had given up on that game well before east carolina uh got that win on saturday night yeah uh, there was a definitely a lot of people that were uh gone to negative town and uh justifiably so uh because the pirates did not look good when they were down by such a large margin there but uh, the one thing you mentioned watching in the facebook feed one of my friends that i was watching with he kept checking his twitter and he was like oh man we got this and i was like what do you mean we got this and then i was like you know because that's the thing on facebook because it was, it was lagging behind but there were certain updates that he was, I was like do not check your twitter anymore yeah. you're, you're you're ruining the, the 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 viewing experience of of watching the game on facebook which was definitely an interesting uh, deal uh, i wasn't a huge fan of it because we had a, a computer hooked up to a t- television but uh, which eliminates you from changing the channel yeah. which is good and bad but the, the other annoying factor was the poll question. They kept popping up in the middle of your screen. I know. I kept trying to figure out how to get that out of there. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, what in the world? You know, and you couldn't get rid of it even when you voted. You had to vote to get the poll question off. But uh, it was great because East Carolina got a victory. They're one and two. And uh, hopefully getting ready for Charleston Southern, a game that hopefully is this the Tony Collins warm-up game yeah. in week four of the college football season hopefully a lot of pirates can get on the field and uh, it can be a fun day in dowdy ficklin stadium should be a beautiful weather day so uh, certainly hopefully uh if people are looking at their long-term plans for the weekend let's get out and let's go pack, out pack the thick i uh we, we talked about how you gotta be two and two a lot of people have said that in in september and I did not have one of those wins being at Marshall. I thought it would be either South Carolina. I thought it was going to be South Carolina. I picked the Pirates to win that game. And good grief, not to look back, but if they could have won that dumb ball game last Saturday with everything that happened 
and you now are two and one but we won't talk about that because it didn't happen but uh just a monster win you had to have it on saturday now you take care of business this saturday you get to two and two heading into league play with what's going to be a big 330 kickoff lrb at dowdy ficklin stadium coming up a couple saturdays from now against a good Tulane team so east carolina just changed they, they flipped the entire script they changed the whole narrative of this 2021 season not saying uh it's going to be a, a great season it could still go south but looking at it today as we sit here on a monday you're thinking the pirates are going to win saturday get to two and two and now you start looking at the schedule again saying okay how do we get to six what do we you know it, it just changes everything it changes the entire outlook of this uh this fall season for the pirates well you need to get five in the final nine at this point to get to six which is the magical number and i'm sure there's not a pirate out there that does not count this upcoming saturday as victory number two so uh there's you know high hopes and uh, very high expectations for this game on saturday but that stretch coming up after this saturday of tulane central florida and houston Houston. i mean there's a bye week after the central florida game those are going to be three really tall tests for east carolina football only one of them in dowdy ficklin stadium so uh and then the the two after that the, the USF on Thursday night and the Temple. Yeah. Those, those are those like are games you're going to be favored in. Those are two you're counting on. But I mean, you want to get one, you know, it's going to be I tough agree. to win on the road. I mean, you, you got to get take care of business against Charleston Southern, but that Tulane game, which is, I mean, they are a really good football team. And I know Ole Miss beat their pants off of them this past weekend but uh that is i mean it's just not gonna it's it's a tough league when it when we get good the, call si. when we get into october and uh the, the the pirates i mean that is gonna be a tall test but you can't really you gotta focus enjoy the moment victory I monday disagree. and then <laughs> beat charleston southern and then then you got to get your mindset ready you got to do stuff in charleston southern to to prepare yourself to be a better football team when you get into the american uh, we hadn't been able to do this in a while, LRB. I, I like this. I want to talk about the path to six real quick. A path to six? Yeah. All right. Well, we already, we already got four picked out. Charleston Southern, um, South Florida Temple. And Navy. Okay, well, that would be... Five. Five. So that would mean... That and, makes the Tulane... That means you have to beat Tulane. Tulane at UCF, at Houston, at Memphis versus Cincinnati. Mm. You only have to win one of those if... They can win those other that we talked about. Mm-hmm. That's that's exciting, right? I think it is exciting. Now, has ECU ever been favored and lost a football game? Yes. So you could lose to one of those bad teams. Uh, but things really just change with that Marshall win All on right, Saturday. Let, let's let's rank let's let's rank the likelihood of Tulane. Put them in order: Tulane at Central Florida at Houston. Where, where do you rank those games of the, the best chance to win? I know Dylan Gabriel's hurt. I don't know who their backup is, but that's last on my list. That's the hardest game of those three. Tulane at home, Houston uh, number two, UCF three would be my order. Yeah, I, I think the Cincinnati game's so far off, and they look so good right now. Uh, I mean, and who knows what they'll be playing for. They be, could be playing for a perfect season when they come in that Friday or Saturday after Thanksgiving. I mean, they just, they, I mean, they're going up to Notre Dame here soon. They just wore out Indiana this past weekend. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, the Memphis pa- just knocked off Mississippi State. You don't, then, you don't want to be five and six playing Cincinnati. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> and I mean, you want to get the, the, the six win, maybe Navy, and then you're playing with house money against 
Cincinnati that Friday after Thanksgiving, which is always, uh, you know, we call it like Blacksgiving, where crazy stuff can happen that Thanksgiving weekend for for gamblers and 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 people like people, you know, a lot lot of lot of spread busters, a lot, lot of uh, crazy things can happen that weekend. Do we still not know if it's going to be Friday or Saturday? No, I don't. I think it's to be determined. Yeah, which is it just stinks to have that game because there's just not is it a lot messing of... up your schedule. No, I'm saying you know how badly it's attended every year. Yeah, oh, it's not going to be any better whether it's Friday or Saturday, do you? Maybe Saturday if it's. No, I'm just saying the fact that it's home after Thanksgiving is it's a bad recipe. Whether it's Friday or Saturday, Saturday would be a lot easier than Friday, I would assume, for people. So, I don't know. Either way, um, yeah. So there's that. Uh, I just like that we can now do this. If they lost to Marshall on uh, on Saturday, we're not doing this. No, I mean, how many people? How many people honestly thought zero and four when we were down big to, to well, Marshall? Hopefully, nobody. People were smart enough to know we'll beat Charleston Southern, right? But then again, people aren't smart enough. So, what's the spread on this Charleston Southern game in Clipbrock Sportsbook? Because I know there's not an official one out because it's the FCS school. I couldn't find one. Charleston Southern beat the Citadel. They lost to Monmouth forty-one to fourteen this past weekend. Um, ECU minus, and I'm just going to do this real quick. So ECU minus twenty-eight. ECU minus twenty-eight. Yeah. So if you were placing a five-dollar bill on the Pirates or the Buccaneers, just straight up on the spread, would you take the points or the Pirates? on the line that i just made up yeah yeah at 28 you think uh, the pirates can win by 28 ecu yeah well obviously yeah i think they can um i don't know i'll talk later in the week when i see the real line could be more than that i think 28 is probably a baseline after monmouth just lost uh just beat charleston southern 41 to 14 no, they lost 41 to 14. Monmouth beat Charleston right, Southern right. 41 to 14. Right. After seeing that, I think 28 is kind of a bait. It might be in the 30s. So. I like your 28. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think you said it uh, earlier that hopefully it's a game where we can see some Garcia, some Stubblefield perhaps at quarterback, see some of those uh, freshman running backs, give Keaton Mitchell and Rajay Harris a, a breather because, man, they. Uh, they have been getting a lot of work these first three games and, uh, and got a lot of work on Saturday in the victory. What about some more Snead at quarterback? N- well, no, nah, let's save that for <laughs> Tulane. Okay. I'm fine with him uh, resting the arm. For Don't do week. the Dwayne Harris and line him up behind center nah, instead of doing the toss to him? Not against Charleston Southern. I would like to save that if we could. Uh, once again, we'll talk to Snead later and uh, – Rajay later, but Tyler Sneed one for two the other night. He got drilled. We'll talk to him about it on that throw to CJ Johnson. Also slipped before he threw it mm. or might have connected for another big play. But every time Donnie has dialed that one up, uh, it has looked good for the Pirates. And eventually uh, they ran the play to Holt Naylor's, the pass to Aylers, where he was able to get into the end zone. So those plays uh, have caught the defense off guard and have been called at the proper times if you're ECU so far this year. The Marshall field looked like it it wasn't that great of conditions. I mean, it seemed like there was a lot of uh, turf being, you know, footing, not being able to get a good grip on the ground. For it's a probably because their running back ran all over it for <laughs> 189 yards and it, shoot up the entire field. They just made too much too much work on that field. That huh? dude was slippery. Um, Number seven, their receiver was good too. Uh, was that Willie? What's his name? Willie Willie Johnson. Was Willie. That, I thought it was Gamage. 
Oh, that dude, yeah. yeah got he, gamage? But how about Calhoun? <laughs> <laughs> For a while, we did not got gamage. They, they would always call up his number first. <laughs> <laughs> that they did. Uh, yeah, we. Foe Rick Smith said after the game, I was talking about Willie Johnson, three for 66. Gamage had eight for 180. Yes. Um, Foe Rick Smith after the game said, You got to do two things. You got to you gotta stop the run and run the ball. Run the ball. And uh, East Carolina gave up 225 rushing yards. They gave up 433 passing yards, but they won the game, Ellerby. Yes. The week before, ECU won the turnover battle and the penalty battle by quite a bit and lost the game. So, stats are for losers, but... Stats are for losers, but going into the Charleston Southern game, obviously winning is the most important thing, but uh, w- what should be realistic? I mean, I mean, obviously this, you know, unless it gets, you know, once they take out the first teamers, if that becomes the case, you know, what what should the first team be able to do against this Charleston Southern team? That, that'll be an interesting storyline to follow yeah, this week. I, I, I really am to the point after all the losing that... Just, I just winning. I just want to win, but... From, there's going to be like style points in this one and everything and there will be people upset if this is a close game in the third or fourth quarter and you know maybe reason to worry but again you just beat Marshall if they just win this game I don't know talk to me after it maybe I'll feel different but if they just win no matter the score I'll be happy after Saturday and let's also remember and, and I've been sitting here saying the whole time that it's going to be an easy game but uh, ask Florida State how easy Jackson State was Jacksonville State. Yeah, Jacksonville State. There was uh, six FCS upsets opening week of the college football season, too. Ask ECU how easy North Carolina A&T was. Bring me my money. Or James Madison. Yes. Now, I don't think Charleston Southern is on that level. Well, North Carolina A&T was not on the level of James Madison. That that True. was that was and that was a circumstantial game where it got moved to Sunday too. Not, but there's still no excuse that that game no. should should the, went down the way it did. But uh, it can happen, and uh, I mean, ho- hopefully, and I'm I'm pretty sure we're, we're, East Carolina is not a program that can take anybody lightly and doesn't want Charleston Southern hanging around in the third or fourth quarter. Um, because uh, that would make a very interesting fifth quarter yeah. if, if something uh, less than positive were to happen. But uh, I feel good, feel optimistic. Uh, the win brought a lot of joy to Mudville, and uh, people are very excited. And as I said, when you, when you look back again to the long-term forecast, I think it's like 77 is the high on Saturday. I mean, it's like it's going to be a beautiful day in Greenville, North Carolina. Six o'clock kickoff. Uh, should be a great, great way to get out to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium and uh, have some fun with your fellow Pirates. And shout out uh, to the American and the TV contract. We got ESPN Plus. Really, you can put those games at whatever times. And ECU got a 3.30 game for uh, Tulane the following week, which a lot of fans like. So yep. that's well, a great time. That and, and I think we've talked to John Gilbert or Ryan Robinson before, and they said the plus games give you more flexibility versus if you're on the deuce or the year. Where you have zero flexibility. Right. If yeah. you're on TV. Yeah, if you're on regular television. but And that's and I think that's important because uh, 3.30 and 6 o'clock for these uh, October games, you know, I don't mind the November games being at noon due to the circumstances that the weather could get a little chilly once the Tom switches back to uh, five o'clock darkness, but uh, absolutely looking forward to the uh, back-to-back home games here at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. And uh, this week is, you know, let's have a solid week of practice and then have a solid game against uh, Charleston Southern and then be ready because Tulane, it's a guy, who's Tulane got this week? Did you did you look ahead to see who we need to monitor 
who I, that was one thing I didn't look at the American schedule. But uh, I know Tulane's played a tough non-conference schedule between Ole Miss and Oklahoma. Just gave up 61 to Ole Miss. They'll be taking on UAB, so that'll be a good game. That's another That's another tough non-conference. I mean, they may have the toughest non-conference schedule uh, in the American this year. They got a 8 o'clock kickoff coming up Saturday. Uh, Corey Glore on the call. Hmm. We'll be able to talk to Corey next week about some football. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, they, they gave up 61, and that was a game in Ole Miss that was delayed, uh, I think, lightning, all kinds of weather. So they were playing that one late night the other night. So a uh, late one there, another late one for Tulane on Saturday, and then they'll head to Greenville on October 2nd, first game of October at Dottie Fulkland Stadium. And I think the one thing, you know, when we were procrastinating, uh, prognosticating prognosticating you, you struggle with that one i know you try you need to just say predicting predicting yeah games is we got to take the injury factor into effect as we go week to week now because i mean as you get into weeks five six seven of the football season hopefully the pirates stay healthy but uh you got you got to monitor uh, what's going on with all these other teams because that could, as you said with uh, dylan gabriel getting hurt with uh, ucf i mean that there there could be some some opportunities for Pirates to pull pull an upset here. Well, another reason that I thought Marshall was going to win by two touchdowns uh, was Jeff Charles on the pregame. We were going over the orthopedic seized injury report, which there is no team-issued injury report, so it's on us to figure out who's playing, right. who's not, who's hurt. And the Pirates just had a, a litany of, uh, of banged-up guys on the offensive line. Now, guys that played, but they're, they're, they're all banged up and everything. They need maybe to, to just get a lead this weekend and and get some rest and get out of there and, and not have to worry about playing a full 60-minute football game because it's uh, Bailey Malovic, obviously, out for the year. But other than that, no, it seems like long-term injuries that we know of right now. But a lot of guys already banged up on that offensive line heading into uh, the Marshall game the other night. Yeah, games like this are built for depth. You get you, you build your depth. You get some playing time for, for some younger guys. And uh, hey, look, maybe you find a gym or two that uh, that's been practicing really well, and, and then they or they haven't been practicing well, but they get some playing time, and they end up being a gamer. Um, you know, who knows? Uh, so, you, do you do any trick plays in this upcoming game, Clip Rock? Uh, no, I would save everything you got for Tulane. Okay, if you can't beat Charleston Southern without trick plays, what right. are we doing? So, yeah, let's save the trick plays. Uh, Shirley, do you have Mike Houston after the game that Bailey gave us? Do you still have that? Yeah, give me just a second to pull right. it up. Here. I want to, because uh, Mike Houston after the game, look, there was a lot of criticism of Holt Nailers, of Mike Houston, of Donnie Kirkpatrick, of this ECU football team. And the, the numbers were the numbers against South Carolina. It was brutally bad and uh, took a lot of heat. And you. you <laughs> talking to the players they, they say you know ignore the noise and all that but at the same time they use it as motivation so not really ignoring it they're hearing it they hear it all it's it's hard to hide from the noise i mean yeah it's it, impossible you, you, you i mean there there are students at east carolina university they get i mean if maybe they, they don't seek it out but they yeah. definitely see it now if you if you don't hit the app buttons that are social media on your phone that'll help you search ig- uh, yeah. ignoring the noise you know and uh but uh certainly they, they know i mean what what's going on and, and look they're they're smart guys they have to know they did not play well the first two weeks and when you're zero and two and you're in year three and you're trying to turn the program around and you've been talking 
how hard you've been working and that we're going to get to six wins and you need to get to six in your final 10 when you don't have one in your first two, then, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not hard. Thanks to BB Brian Bailey for sending us this right after the game on Saturday night. It may turn out to be a quarter that saved the entire season. East Carolina rallies from 17 down, and the Pirates win it 42-38, the final. I, I just felt like if we got them to the fourth quarter, they have not had to play a complete game all year. We've been in two dogfights, you know, and, and they've, they've, been, they've been done by the end of the third. So, um, and it's what happened. We got it to the fourth. Our kids were in better shape, better conditioning. We got the momentum. Uh, and then we just had, you know, guy after guy just make really just gutsy plays down the stretch. And, I mean, Holt Naylor's, I mean, for all the hate and all the negativity and everything that he took for this past week, I mean, I, I would hope that he shut all of them the hell up. Oh, the whole time I did. We were down 17 there. You know, I brought the offense together, and co- I talked to Coach K, man. We knew we could come back. We believed in him, and uh, that's all it took. Is this the type of confidence builder that you probably needed to get this thing rolling? Absolutely. You know, we were really close last week. Um, we're really we're about one or two plays away um, for having two wins right now, going to another big game next week. But, you know, super blessed to come out here with a win. Congratulations. Thank you. Brian Bailey, Holt Nailers, and Mike Houston there uh, after the game will fire it up with the us-against-the-world mentality, and it worked for them on uh, Saturday night, Ellerby, as they get the win. Yeah, hope there's a uh, big crowd in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium having that place rocking uh, this week, and uh, that's a big part of it. Hey, look, we, we won a game, now let's win two in a row. When's the last time the Pirates have won two in a row? To end the last season, right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. See, just being sure you know. I, did. <laughs> let's try, I believe that's correct. Yes. Let's uh, let's do it again uh, coming up on Saturday. All right, LRV. Enjoyed it. One other thing for Saturday. We are doing a, a Pirate Radio game day run. It's a $5 5K. It starts at Fleet Feet at 8 o'clock in the morning. Tailgating lot doesn't start till later in the day. So uh, if you want to help us and Fleet Feet raise money for uh, Robbie's Clubhouse to helping families with special needs, uh, you can go to the links. It's on our social media, or you can contact Fleet Feet, and they'll get you signed up. It's only five dollars to run, and uh, while supplies last, we've gotten we're almost at a hundred people signed up, and uh, you, we have these cool five dollar game day gold shirts that you can get too. So it could be ten dollars, five to run, five for the shirt. Um, you just got to go to either Fleet Feet or look for the links on our social media and sign up. So it should be a great way to start your Saturday with a little. Five 5K run that runs right by Town Bank Tower and Dowdy Ficklin Stadium down College Hill and then back to Fleet Feet. They're going to have like some mimosas and donuts afterwards in the parking lot. So it should be a fun way to kick off your Saturday. And we're raising money for our friends at Robbie's Clubhouse. So uh, join us on Saturday. Make a full day of it uh, and get out there. Get a nice run in before you do all your tailgating and partying for the game. Nice run before you do your uh, pregame show. What do you think, Clip Brock? I don't know. I might need to save my oxygen. They're doing a one-mile fun run as well. So uh, if anybody has uh, kids or you don't feel like you can run a 5K, there's there's a couple different options. So uh, a fun way to get out there and uh, start your Saturday. And uh, we did it a couple years ago, obviously, with COVID. Uh, We weren't able to do it last year, but excited to have the uh, game day run back, and it's a $5 5K. All right. Sounds like a fun day coming up on Saturday. We'll be with you once again, 2 o'clock on the Bud Light pregame tailgate and Saturday night on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. What a fun night it was on Saturday. Hadn't had one of those in a long, long time. And texted Kevin Monroe after the game. We'll talk to him on Tuesday. But I said that was a wild one, Kevin. Happy for the players. Happy for the coaches. Happy for you. Happy for me. I was just happy for everybody because really – you know the players have more stakes in it 
but like everybody needed it mm-hmm. everybody needed that win that that happy feeling and we got it on a saturday night you're happy for your wife happy for your daughter that happy clip brock was coming home yeah I and mean, then just, happy that you didn't have to worry about sunday about the team playing and losing oh it so, was a picture perfect weekend i mean it was a, it was it was a good week you love good, it good three or four days you don't get time. a lot of those so i'm appreciating it no you got enjoy enjoy the good times there you go. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back. Brian Bailey was happy uh, on Sundays. His Dallas Cowboys got a last-second win in L.A. We'll, we'll, we will talk about that. We'll talk about the Pirates and a lot more with Double B when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. University PC Care has been Pirate Nation's go-to IT experts since 2006. University PC Care are the local tech support experts for any of your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now let's head back in to the... Oh, I almost said the Bud Light pregame tailgate. PRL, here's Clip Brock. Sometimes it does just feel like we live here and just do continuous programming. Yeah. And we have to figure out the name of the show we're on at the time. I, I, I was just like... Ain't it was it was getting ready to just roll right off my tongue, and I was like, "Wait a minute, no, we're not doing the pregame yet." We got Pirate Radio Live throughout the week. We've got the UB Pirate Preview coming up Friday at noon. Yep, live from University Book Exchange. Freeboot Friday going on Friday as well. We'll be with you Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate at two o'clock, and after the game on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-in Show. So. Trying to hook up with Brian Bailey. I guess we could start uh, our NFL recap until Bailey calls. Uh, shout out to me for the Brock's Lock. Brock's Lock of the Week. Now, I wasn't right about a lot of things last week, but. No, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> All week long, I called the Panthers winning. I loved it. You were big on it. I told Mully. I texted with Mully yesterday. I mean,. Talk about a guy that can't handle criticism, Mike Mullis. We'll have to get him on the show this week. I said it last uh, Wednesday or whenever to him. Loved the Panthers this week. He looked at me like I was crazy. Would barely let Chandler talk about how... Don't you even say that he did good. <laughs> he just didn't want to hear it. So uh, yesterday, 3.50 p.m., I texted Mully. said, love the Panthers today, Mully. He said, great win, Super Bowl bound. <laughs> He just can't he, he can't handle it. He can't say good call. He can't say, you know, uh you were right about that one. I was wrong. He has to go that route. I like to go high, Mully goes low. That's just the way it is. Just chopping at my knees. But that's all right. We'll talk to Mully. We'll call him first later this week and uh get his NFL take. He'll be watching his Packers tonight against the Lions. Let's start with the Panthers, Chandler. And their win over the saints i liked the panthers all week because i saw the saints coming back down to earth i saw in my vision a return of old Jameis, and, and we saw that <laughs> we did <laughs> if you had over half an interception for Jameis, i was looking was that at- <laughs> not low or was that not low 
Oh, yeah. 0.5? That's why you had to jump on it now, because probably you're going to be like 1.5 moving forward. Yeah. But every throw, the Panthers, tell well, you look, what, they were getting... That pressure that we had. Yeah. We went out and got Hassan Reddick from Arizona. He had 13 and a half sacks last year for Arizona. He compliments Brian Burns on that other end of the defensive line, and you could tell they actually shared a sack yesterday uh, one time. And this is the second straight week in a row. Uh, that uh, Brian Burns got a sack. It was not even touched. Um, so, and I think that is with the help of Hassan Reddick. They're not just keying in on Brian Burns. You have another dangerous weapon on that defensive side of the ball with Hassan Reddick. And then our secondary is looking great as well. That defense, that young defense, is really impressing me. We got to Jameis all day last week, and uh, you could tell. Leading rusher for the Saints yesterday, Jameis Winston, with well, it 19 wasn't yards. Tomorrow. Alvin Kamara, eight carries, five, five yards. yards. That is unreal. He did have four catches for 25. They really shut him down. Saints leading a receiver yesterday, most yards. Some guy named Lil Jordan Humphrey. <laughs> is his name Lil Jordan? Lil? Lil? Apostrophe Jordan Humphrey. He uh, went to Texas. It's his second season. Lil Jordan. And his name is Lil Jordan. Is he kin to Little John? I told you, I, the Saints weren't as good as they showed against Green Bay. I believe the Packers score 35, 38 points tonight. I think they bounce back as well. Speaking of that game, I mentioned to you earlier today off the air, I'm ready. I, I'm not ready for that game. I, I'm going to watch, and I'm going to watch the Manning broadcast. Happy Manning Day. Happy it's Manning back. Day. I've been looking forward I'm to ready. it as well. Tweeted about it last I'm night. Ready. Uh, but the Panthers' defense and what they were able to do get to Jameis, it was just a matter of time. Like I, I thought a number of his uh, passes before the pick was going to be picked off, and sure enough, he just threw up a punt. How about offensively uh, for Carolina Chandler, Christian McCaffrey? Let's go to his, once again. It's, it's 30, right there. He had 29 touches, but he had, including a sixth target, put him right at the 30 mark again. Yeah. So that is uh, maybe that's where they cap it off and, for him. I don't know. And his receiving, you're probably going to see this a lot this year. His receiving and his rushing are balanced. You'll see that it's right there at the around the same number. The rushing probably will be a little bit more uh, yesterday because he did get a lot of handoffs. Um, but he's on pace for another thousand thousand seasons. The, the thing about this offense, and yes, Christian McCaffrey's going to Christian McCaffrey. But I was very excited, and I texted our friend Tony Dunn yesterday, and I said, I am excited about this tight end involvement that we have going on right now. Uh, Sam Darnold to Dan Arnold I saw yesterday. Dan the man have a, a big He was having catch. a game yesterday. Uh, I guess we're going to use Ian Thomas more as a blocking tight end because, I mean, Dan Arnold isn't the biggest tight end in the, in the league, but, I mean, he's able to go out there and make catches. I was very excited to see that. DJ Moore, uh, of course, is that leading guy, that go-to guy when it's not Christian McCaffrey. Robbie Anderson got in the mix as well. I don't Those know who are, the hell Brandon Zilstra he is. He got a touchdown yesterday. He he started as a special teams guy, and now we got him in, a, in our receiving core. And uh, I've never been big on this guy because he looks like an awkward – he's like that awkward white kid that like just wants to try to go out there and play ball. But, I mean, he got a touchdown <laughs> yesterday. He was wide <laughs> open. And um, – well, like hey, I said, to all you awkward white kids listening right now. Here's the thing. I'm one of those awkward white kids. <laughs> you could be an NFL player if you put your mind and body to it. No, but I was glad to see it. And it was a great play. I thought Joe Brady had a perfect, or not perfect, excuse me, 
that's going too far. I thought he had called a great game yesterday for this Panthers offense. And he's a young guy. He's 31 years old. But he's got a lot of ex- coaching experience already. So, uh, And interviewed for head coaching jobs all over the NFL this past offseason. So um, the Panthers just look really good right now uh, defensively, offensively. You're going to look good with Christian McCaffrey in your backfield. And, uh, and I'm very confident that they can go 3-0 and on Thursday night when they – take on the poor david cullies the texans so does joe brady coach the Bengals with burrow not the Bengals. i'm sorry the bears next year when matt Nagy gets fired the giants when joe judge gets fired maybe the texans and he'll have his pick of quarterback in the draft he'll be the head coach when uh, poor david cully gets fired after one year in houston do you think next year's too early or is it about the time for joe brady Held, I mean, he was involved this past offseason in head coaching gig, uh, head coaching yeah, interviews. It's coming soon. So it's he's going to be involved this offseason, definitely. The question is will he get a job? Will a team pull the trigger on Joe Brady? I don't know. Uh, I could see it happening, especially if this offense continues to su- succeed, you know, with K- Christian McCaffrey. If he can have Sam Darnold perform at a level that you know we saw his days at usc and have a great year and develop sam darnold into what he wasn't in new york joe brady might be a head coach somewhere in the national football league next year all right uh bears beat the Bengals 20 to 17 andy dalton left the game with an injury andy dalton yesterday nine of 11 touchdown justin fields six of 13 interception fields did have 31 rushing yards Rough one for Joe Burrow, that sissy orange helmet. Sissy orange helmet. Had a sissy orange helmet on, threw three interceptions on three straight pass attempts. Bring your ass down here. (laughs) We need you at LSU. Burrow the giraffe died um, a few weeks ago, and Burrow the quarterback soul died yesterday Mm. with three picks. Bengals are one and one. Bears are one and one. Poor David Culley. Uh, The Texans have the Panthers Thursday night. Chandler, uh, on our poor David Cully segment today, everything to this point has been out of his control, which is where the poor David Cully came from. Like It's not his fault. These things are happening around him. But this one was his fault. Yeah. So tell us about the play. So there was a play. There's a play. The game is tied 7-7. I believe it was the first quarter. Third and 15. They pick up 13 yards. It's fourth and two. Hold the phone. There's a flag. It's on the defense. They were offsides. Coach, do you want to go? Uh, do you want to accept this penalty and you know get another shot at third down, or would you want to decline? I know you don't want to decline. Let's decline. I'm sorry. Let's decline. Let's decline the penalty. You don't want to go for it on third down again. Nah, just decline. They declined the penalty. Had a chance to go for it on third down again declined and then punted the ball away so you poor think david cully well this is poor coaching by david cully <laughs> exactly uh you would think if they're declining it they're declining it to go for to it go for it on fourth and two yeah uh instead he liked his position on the field to punt yeah. apparently uh browns beat the texans this game was closer than it probably should have been tyrod taylor injured uh, in the game they did, i think uh it looks like you're gonna face a rookie quarterback the Davis Mills. Davis Mills. I don't know who this kid is. 8 of 18 yesterday. Touchdown interception for the rookie Davis Mills after uh, Tyrod Taylor. 10 of 11 and a touchdown when he left the game. Mills, the uh, 
rookie from Stanford. Um, but the Browns do come away with a win, so they pick up their first win of the season. Rams go on the road and beat the Colts. This was a wild one. Matt Stafford, a couple of touchdown passes. Cooper Cup, nine catches, 163 yards, mm. two touchdowns. Colts are 0 and 2. They had a tough start to their schedule, but uh, they start 0 and 2. And now Carson Wentz, believe it or not, banged up. Yesterday was a bad day for quarterbacks. We saw a lot of quarterbacks leave the game with injuries, including Tua. Uh, so he was injured, um, and his spirit was hurt as well because the Dolphins did not find the end zone on Sunday. We thought the Bills would bounce back. Didn't think they'd bounce back with a 35 to nothing win. couple touchdown passes for Josh Allen. He found Stephon Diggs, his favorite target for a TD. So the Buffalo Bills and Dolphins are 1-1. One and one. A lot of 1-1 one one teams, including the Patriots, who beat the Jets 25-6. to Zach Wilson. 19 to 33, Not a good day. 210 yards, four interceptions Ooh. for Zach Wilson. Oh, we we were, we were talking about Joe Burrow earlier, and I f- meant, uh, forgot to mention he had three picks in three straight passes. Well, that's fine because I mentioned that. Oh, but thank you. Uh, no problem. You want to go back to the Panthers game or nah. Browns Texans? Did we mention David Cully? Yes. I, I'm literally like talking to you about the games. <laughs> That might have been your worst echo ever. Yeah. Uh, Niners are 2-0 and after going on the road and beating Philadelphia 17-11. to uh, Brutal day for that Philadelphia offense. We might talk to Jeff Nadeau about that tomorrow. Jalen Hurts had 190 passing yards. He had 82 rushing yards and a touchdown. But this one was all about the Niners and their defense. The Niners had three more running backs get hurt in yesterday's game. So if you're a fantasy guy... Make sure you're paying attention to uh, who they pick up because they've got some major injury issues. Uh, coming up next week, by the way, uh, the Rams play the Bucks, which should be a great game. Niners-Packers uh, should be a good game as well. So some pretty good week three games on tap for next Sunday. My team plays the Bills. Chandler's Panthers will play Thursday night against the texans let's get a break in we'll come back we'll wrap up the hour if we can't hook up with bailey we'll continue on our nfl recap week two when we return on pirate radio live after this pirate nation listening to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right, mentioned, uh, I guess we're still looking for Brian Bailey. I tell you what. He's not answering his phone, so I don't know. this, man. I tell you what, his Cowboys won yesterday, so he just is in a trance. Well, we're not going to talk about that game if he doesn't answer the phone. I'm skipping right over that one. 
Well, uh, I'll blame you. We'll, uh, we'll do more NFL recap coming up later on in hour number two. Uh, I was mentioning the 49ers and all their injured running backs. As I was saying that, Adam Schefter tweeted out, uh, with the 49ers backfield banged up, San Francisco is bringing in free agent running backs Duke Johnson and Lamar Miller. And it's just like there's this scrap heap of NFL running backs. Are they both former Texans? Texans. Poor David Cullen. Poor David Cullen. Could have these guys. Uh, there's just like an old scrap heap of these guys that were once starters and guys we knew who are just still sitting out there looking for jobs. Hey, call Chris Johnson. What's he doing? Call him first. Is he not healthy? Is he not in shape? I'm sure he could go out there and run at least a four. Got running four. back damage? Yeah. Call Chris Johnson. Call CJ. Let him get out there. Uh, coming up at 4 o'clock, we'll hear from Tyler Sneed and Rajay Harris. Coming up at 5 o'clock, Holton Aylers. At 5.20-ish, Bruce Bivens and Xavier Smith. And I believe we're going to talk to C.J. Johnson live in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, one thing that was, I think, brought up a couple times, but again, the fifth quarter was like a party on Saturday night. Yes, so it was. We were all just celebrating the last seven minutes of the game. But that C- that hit on C.J. Johnson. That was ridiculous. Which And the explanation by the guy on the broadcast was funny because... Not a good look for uh, Corey Chavis there. Who as, I like. As he was explaining, he doesn't lower the head and he doesn't, and he doesn't launch. launch. They are showing the Marshall defensive guy do exactly lower the head and launch. Like he was saying the complete opposite of what was happening. Yeah. He was telling us something didn't happen that we were seeing with our own eyes. And I was like, what are you talking about? It was very strange. We have Brian Bailey. Brian Bailey, welcome to the program. Twenty-three minutes late. Yeah, appreciate it. I got called to a meeting. Oh no, are you uh, in trouble? So far, so good. No. <laughs> Bailey, uh, how about that one in Huntington, man? You, uh, you were there. What? I mean, there's no. What were you thinking as you were watching the comeback? Did you ever think they're actually going to do this? I mean, that. I'll admit, I thought that thing was over Saturday night. Well, I'll be honest with you. Um, when I'm watching a game like that, I'm, I'm really, I'm really concentrating on how, so because we do the coaching show right after. So my thought process is, okay, it's been a tough game. We're down, you know, down 17, uh, this, you know, maybe 0 and 3. They score a touchdown. So I'm thinking first, I'm thinking, okay, there's some positive things to talk about at the end. Um, you know, the team fall back, they're having some fight. Get the next touchdown, I'm thinking, you know, wow, this is, this is really good. I and mean, this is, there's a lot of positive. Then they get the onside kick. I'm thinking, holy moly, we might be talking about a win. And then obviously they get the touchdown. And then my thought process was, okay, you know, this is this is great television, great everything because they got this big win. The town needed a win, as I keep saying. And then the, you know the offense from Marshall goes down the field. I'm thinking, oh, this would be a disaster if Marshall scores a touchdown. This this could really because it's one thing if you you know you get beat by a better team and then you come all the way back and. It was just so many different. I think that's why the emotions were so, you know, so fired up after the game because everybody knew that they they'd worked so hard. They needed something to show for it, and then they came all the way back and had something to show for it. And then, you know, Marshall came right down the field. They're a good football team, but thankfully, Pirates held on, forty-two thirty-eight. It was a fantastic comeback, and Brian Bailey took it and rode with it on the Brian Bailey Show and uh, talked about comebacks with Jeff Blake earlier today. If you missed it, you can check it out at 6 o'clock. Really enjoyed catching up with the uh, former Pirate signal caller there, Bailey. 
Yeah, and I really, I was just amazed at, at the similarities and yeah. statistics from the two comebacks. I mean, it was really fascinating. I think the the Peach Bowl team actually came back four seconds, you know, less time than the Pirates did against Marshall. But it was really, and you just need to see the stats, see Holton's stats, and you know, Holton's the first quarterback since James Summers to you know catch a touchdown pass, run for a touchdown, and throw a touchdown in the same game, which is really an odd you know deal to have, and doesn't happen very much. And Tyler Sneed, man, he's he may be the number two quarterback for this thing's over. He, uh, yeah, he's he's got that arm ready to go if need be. And we talked to him. You'll hear the interview coming up at four o'clock in just a few minutes. But he uh, he got leveled on that play, Bailey, and all, uh, on the play to CJ, he got leveled and also slipped a little bit. And then on the throw to Holton, he explains the difference between throwing to Holton Aylers and throwing to Josiah Hatfield and CJ Johnson. It's a little bit different on how much air you can put under the ball when you've got those different guys so we got a great chat with uh sneed coming up in a moment but got him involved in the uh the passing game bailey both receiving and throwing the football and it worked out for the pirates yeah and they've got to keep him involved they gotta get cj more involved they gotta get, you know Tyler sneed's gotta be more involved and you know and i think you know sometimes it just takes offenses a little time to, to get everything figured out and get it going and i think you know, it's hard for fans to be patient because fans want to see success each and every time out. And and the coaches do, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think anybody in that offensive staff room, you know, wants to go out there and struggle. Uh, but, you know, they were able to crank things up and, and perhaps they've corrected some of those things. And I think you'll see a great effort against uh, Charleston Southern. And then we were talking about the fact that then you have Tulane coming to town, 3.30 kickoff, and that's a huge game. You can't look past the game this week. But if you can get that one, which you should, you'll be favored. If you get that one, you go two and two, and then you open up conference play. And, you know, there's a lot of football out there. It certainly changed uh, the entire outlook of the 2021 season. Not maybe how the season's going to go. We don't know that yet, but the outlook uh, on what's ahead with Charleston Southern coming to town and then a big one against Tulane coming up the following week. Brian Bailey joining us. And, Bailey, I do like the mindset of the players. It's easy to look at this one coming up Saturday and say, okay, they're FCS. We're, we just won. We're going to chill at practice this week, take it easy. Everyone we've talked to thus far seems like they they got their head on right. They're not getting the case of the big head, as Rick Smith would say, and they're going back to work because East Carolina still, despite that win the other night, can't take anybody for granted. Well, and I think, you know, the goal, and as we talked about it earlier today, you know, the goal is, is to get to at least six wins. Now, they're, they're not going to stop at six. If they can get to seven or eight or nine, they'd love to. But you got to get to six to get to a bowl, and this team, you know, has worked so hard, and, and, and they've got you know some experienced players back, and you just hope they have some success. And if you get this next win, then you're almost halfway home. So it, it's, it's a big game. You can't take any of them for granted, no. Brian Bailey uh, joining us. Your uh, I wasn't going to bring it up if you didn't call back, but your Cowboys did get a win on Sunday, Bailey. They did. They beat a uh, they beat a good team in the Chargers. I got to tell you, after watching the Chargers week one and week two, uh, they might be the worst team in the red zone. They find some real weird ways not to score in the red zone. Herbert had a terrible pick yesterday. They had a touchdown call back. I think the refs were cheating for Dallas there late in the game, but sure. <laughs> you still got the win. How uh, were you screaming at Mike McCarthy at the end of that game with his his time management there uh, taking the timeout so late? Well, I couldn't figure out what was going on, and I've been pretty patient with Coach McCarthy so far this year. He didn't have any real bonehead decisions. I don't think in week one there was one that I thought questioned a little bit, 
In week two, they tried to block a punt from midfield with, on fourth and 20, which I just don't think, you, you know, I just thought it was a dumb call. Whether who called it, I don't know, but I thought it was a dumb play. And then, yeah, I was I was wondering about it. I did look, you know, read up on it and see it. Evidently, the clock he'd been looking at the whole time went dark. Somebody must have figured out which clock he was looking at, and it almost worked. But the clock went dark, is what he said in the post game, and and he was trying to get on. His, he was on the headset because they were screaming at him on the headset. <laughs> Somebody got to him. Kelly Moore might say, "Look, you screw this up, and I'll be the head coach." Yeah, he might just step on up himself. That was weird, but it doesn't matter when your uh, kicker hits the kick. So the Cowboys get to one and one, and now they're uh, in a crowd with uh, with the team and with the. You're Eagles. listening to our. Thank you, uh, Chuck. I'm aware of that. Uh, one and one for three teams in the East, and the Giants. Those uh, poor Giants, Bailey, sitting at zero and two right now. Yeah, they looked really, really bad. But uh, I, I just hope. I just hope. You know, the NFC East comes back and, you know, we have a couple of teams with winning records. And you know, Do you really? Well, I hope at least one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if they all don't win, if I can, uh, if my team makes the playoffs. But, no, I know what you say. It is nice to uh, to have some good football to watch. And uh, the primetime games have been great. I don't, tonight's on paper does not look great between the Lions and Packers, but we've had some, uh, some great ones in primetime, including last night. Uh, what a battle between the Chiefs and the Ravens, with the Ravens able to get that late win. Yeah, and the Chiefs are just so good. So if you can get a win over the Chiefs for Patrick Mahomes, man, he is he's so talented. Lamar Jackson, he's one of the best out there as well. And you're right, the, the primetime games so far have been really good. I'm not sure how Thursday night's going to fare because uh, <laughs> the Panthers are going to be 3-0, and I think. Yeah. going to go to Houston and beat the Texans because the Texans are struggling so bad. Certainly looks that way. Brian Bailey joining us. Bailey, uh, got the Brian Bailey show coming up at 6 o'clock. You'll hear from Jeff Blake. Also, Matt Davis, play-by-play voice of the Woodies. How about some championship baseball going on at Granger Stadium this week? Yeah, and I was really um, interested to ask some of the questions that I was able to ask to him about, you know, just you know not having the Carolina League and the Sally League and some of the leagues that we've you know known for, you know, all of my adult life. And now it's we're at the low eight, and uh, you know, but that's how, how how it is. At least this year, and the playoffs. And, you know, there are two teams that made the postseason in, in the low eight East League, and the Wood Ducks are one of them. They'll play two games at home, and then they'll play three, at least one game, and then two if needed in Charleston. So we'll see how that goes. They took four out of six from Charleston this week, so they've got the upper hand right now. I didn't see the box score, but I know that uh, we needed Del Marva to win for the Woodies to advance to the championship. That's Connor Norby's team. So maybe indirectly, Connor Norby helped uh, Down East Wood Ducks get to the postseason. I was hoping we could get them uh, in Granger Stadium. That would have got a crowd out to Granger Stadium. But maybe next year we'll get to see the former Pirate uh, take on the Wood Ducks. Yeah, that would have been neat. Salem led that game 5-1. to one. So I kind of gave up on it. I thought Salem was going to win. The Woodies would be eliminated. But then Delmarva came back. And I believe it was tied 7-7. It was a two-run home with it. Well, not the only game I gave up on over the weekend. Got to be honest with you. I gave, I gave up on all of them, and all my teams ended up winning. We don't get a weekend like that a lot, Bailey, so let's cherish this one. I, I, I agree with you 100%. BB, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, sorry I was late. Take care. Not a problem. Uh, glad that you're not in trouble. There's Brian Bailey joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. When we return, we'll hear from Tyler Sneed and Rajay Harris. What do they have to say after that thrilling victory on Saturday night? They join me in the Pirate Radio Players Lounge when we return after this. 
This hour of PRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Greenville Utilities Neighbor to Neighbor Program provides help for those who need temporary assistance with their utility costs and you can make a difference. Your tax-deductible donation can be added to your GUC GUC bill each month, or you can make a one-time donation, and GUC will match all donations up to $20,000 each year. Consider helping a neighbor with GUC's Neighbor to Neighbor program. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live, hour number two. CBS Sports doesn't do a top 25. They do a top 130. They rank the entire landscape of fbs college football um where do you guys think they have east carolina ranked after three weeks how many did you say was total 130 130 i'm gonna go i'm gonna go 112 121 82 oh oh okay yeah i'm glad that i was wrong (laughs) yeah i mean i'm I'm glad i'm wrong too i mean they they just y'all remember they just won a game right where were we at before uh they moved up 11 spots so they were at 93 last week uh so we were well you were a lot closer than i was um wait what did you say i said 121 jesus who's the last ranked team i'm guessing uh you shouldn't have to think about it too long last ranked team in college football worst team in college football they were the worst team last week so they didn't move a spot that would be UConn. Oh, UConn. <laughs> I forgot there was uh, a program still. They are. Uh, yeah, UConn's pitiful, man. Uh, you, I didn't even think it. Oh. How about this? The, the the Power 5 teams East Carolina is ranked ahead of on this top 30 power 130 power poll. Uh, Arizona. Kansas. That makes sense. Vanderbilt. That makes sense. Florida State. Wow. Well, they're 0-3. Well, they're That's the first time they've been 0-3 since they joined the ACC. That is tough, I, Jeff. Somebody last week mentioned it. Um, Wake Forest was a favorite in that game. And, it, like, when was the last time Wake Forest was even a favorite, a favorite yeah. against Florida State? And they, uh, they took it to them. They took care of business. Washington oh, yeah. State, Northwestern, Georgia Tech, Illinois also ranked behind East Carolina. Duke as well, I should have mentioned. Duke. Marshall still ranked uh, 11 spots ahead of ECU at 71. Tulane, who is coming up soon, is at 73. Uh, Temple, who ECU will play later in the year, sitting right now out of 130 teams at 113. Navy at 114. So, you know, schedule uh, certainly South Florida 120. So oh, wow. The schedule at some points gets really light for East Carolina, but you also have, you know, Cincinnati, Memphis, uh, some tough teams. Memphis right now at 29, Cincinnati at 8, as they didn't uh, really move a spot. Did they end up beating Mississippi State on Saturday? Uh, Memphis did end up yes, winning. Very they... controversial play in that game on the punt. Yeah. Where... Did they have a kickoff situation? Mississippi State. An onside kick situation? Yeah. Uh, they had that as well, where the call went against Mississippi State right. and went to Memphis. Kudos to Memphis because, good grief, when we play, and the ECU did get some breaks, actually, against South Carolina. Seems like any time, if those were on the road, those would have gone different ways. Uh, but kudos to uh, officials actually not bending over backwards for the SEC 
and screwing those teams instead of screwing American teams. Right. It's good to see. There's um, a change, and it's coming. Speaking of uh, uh, taking a look at CBS Sports, uh, Brett McMurphy had uh, tweeted out uh, a little while ago his week three, you know, updated bowl projections. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, East Carolina showed up, I think it was in week one, uh, as a possibility of uh, or predicting that they would be in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, and then, of course, when they lose to uh, – um, who did we lose to in the first week? Appalachian Thank State. you, because I just drew an absolute blank. It, these weeks turn into blurs after a while. But anyway, so they dropped out. Uh, Brett McMurphy has them back in a bowl prediction, but this time in the Cure Bowl against South Alabama. USA. Yeah. USA. USA versus ECU. Everyone wins. Everyone wins. Uh, John. But it's nice to see that East Carolina is now back in that discussion, even though it's a way too early updated prediction. I like it. I like it because that puts us, you know, he, he, they, you know, East Carolina is on. You know, Brett McMurphy's radar, and I like it. ECU, uh, or excuse me, AAC commissioner Mike Oresco, according to John Rothstein, has received a three year extension through 2025. So, oh, so wow. three more years of uh, your impersonation of Mike Oresco. Well, the AAC is a, uh, we call ourselves a Power Six conference, and <laughs> we're going to continue to be one. And I mean, Shane Cardin and Justin Hardy are just tremendous, tremendous Pirates and players. Mike, you had a great win the other night at Marshall. Lubos. <laughs> and down in uh, Lubos, Texas. <laughs> My favorite college town is Lubos. They have some of the greatest people there and restaurants and traditions. I love the traditions in Lubos. Mike, what's your thoughts on the three-year extension? Well, it's just a tremendous contract extension. I have the best agent around who got me this extension. And we're going to add to the American. We're going to bring in schools like... Uh, USA, you just mentioned a moment ago, we really want South Alabama, and we want Southern Miss, and we want South Dakota State, and really any team with the word South in it we're looking for right now, because we want to expand to the South. You've heard of Go go West, young man. Well, we're going South, young man. We're going to expand this thing as big as we can get it, all the way down to Central America and maybe South America, and who knows, at one point we'll reach Antarctica, but if you look at a globe, is that really North or South? I'm not here to say one way or the other. But Justin Carney and Shane Cardin are just incredible. <laughs> USA in the American. That's a, that's a good match. God bless America. God bless Lee Greenwood. And God bless you and the, and the Pirate Nation. All right, let's get to our interview <laughs> with Rajay Harris and Tyler Sneed, as those guys joined me earlier today inside the Players' Lounge talking about a Pirate victory over Marshall. All right, back inside the Pirate Radio Players Lounge on a victory Monday as we talk to East Carolina running back Rajay Harris and Pirates wide receiver slash emergency quarterback Tyler Sneed. <laughs> Fellas, awesome win. I just told Rajay before we went on, I gave up on you boys. I apologize. <laughs> but down 17 with seven and a half minutes left. You don't see a lot of those comebacks, but y'all got it done. Rajay, you were... You're talking about that fourth quarter. I mean, what, what was going through your mind as that comeback was uh, was happening? Fourth quarter, I just knew we we do on on Sundays fourth quarter. So, we you know, uh, you get to that fourth quarter, that's when everybody's tired. You just got to push through. So, I just knew that the team wasn't going to give up. It was going to push through. 
I heard Mike Houston say, uh, Tyler, after the game, we just had to get him in the fourth quarter. Marshall had yet to play a close game. They hadn't experienced that yet. Right. You guys have had to rally in the fourth and then try to stave off a South Carolina comeback <clears throat> there in the fourth. So you've been in two tight ball games. How much did that help you heading into that, that game against Marshall? You know, that, that helped a lot. You know, all week he was telling us, you know, they, they kind of put teams out early. Um, they didn't really have a, a challenge in the fourth. They didn't have to play all four quarters. And, uh, you know, we, we had games like that uh, going in. So I think in the long run that did help us out. Um, and I, I think at the end we, I, we just wanted it more. Rajay, you're very uh, early in your Pirate career. You've had a lot of touchdowns already. Yeah. What's a game, a uh, go-ahead touchdown feel like late in the fourth quarter? Hey, man, I don't watch that video like a hundred times, <laughs> man. It's just, I, it's really my favorite one. You know, out of all my touchdowns my whole career, it's just, it's just my favorite one just to ice the game out. Uh, three catches for you, too, coming out of the backfield. Got you involved there. Mm-hmm. What's that? Uh, you talked about the – you said you're a little sore today, maybe a little tired. But uh, <laughs> when you guys go up tempo like that, how much fun is that when the, the offense is clicking the way it was late in the game? Man, it's, it's, it's fun. You know, every day at practice – you know, we try to keep the tempo, keep the energy. So, you know, going into the game, it wasn't really nothing to us just to, to keep going and just push through the, the adversity. So it was, it was real fun to us. Tyler asked uh, Rajay about his touchdown. You had one called back. Right. Did you know uh, Did you know you stepped out? I did not. I, I didn't even think I was that close to the <laughs> sideline. Uh, I didn't know what they were reviewing, but, you know, I guess I did. Um, but, yeah. And then it took you about <laughs> two plays before you scored another one. So, yeah, not no, a big we, deal. We got it back. So, it's all right. Yeah. Five catches, 80 yards. Got you involved in the passing game. And, of course, uh, you used the arm. You, you, and, Tyler, you got smoked on that pass to CJ. Oh, yeah. And and Chandler was telling me you got hit pretty hard in the uh, the touchdown last week. Mm-hmm. I, did, I don't remember that one. But you got hit pretty good. You also <laughs> slipped. Did that affect the, uh, the pass, you think? Yeah, may, maybe a little bit. And I, I did see him coming uh, this time. Last week, it was kind of – from behind so it was like a blind side yeah. but no this week i saw him straight on so i was just trying to get rid of it um overthrew him a little bit you know that's my fault so uh, you're not gonna blame cj for not catching up to it that's that's on nah, you that's me. That's me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh but great performance by you guys and then you got some revenge later in the game hitting holden we talked to holden uh earlier and he said he told you i'm not josiah i'm not (laughs) cj i'm not gonna chase the ball down you throw it to me and i'll run after it uh but that was a beautifully designed play uh holden said he he thinks y'all put it y'all had it since like week one so how long have y'all been practicing that one no we've been we've been practicing a lot um when we first started it, I, would, I was overthrowing him because I would try to put air under it, let him run under it and get it. And he did tell me, he just said, just <laughs> just put it, like, just hit me and I, I'll run with it. So, uh, no, that's that's why I did, and it worked out good. How inspiring is it as a running back to see Holton running like that, dive for the pile and get the touchdown, Raja? <laughs> you know, I was joking with Holton all week about how slow he was, man. <laughs> you know, all week it was it was kind of kind of shaky. You know, he was out throwing, he was overthrowing him or whatever, so – you know, just to see it all works out, man. It's just you know, coaching and and practice habits, man. It's just it's just a great feeling just to come out with a, with a big W. Olden said that it's only worked in a walkthrough. He said it didn't work a lot during <laughs> yeah, practice, yeah. so it's crazy how it clicks. It, that shows a lot about you guys and your focus and your ability not to be overwhelmed. I guess right, right. awesome stuff. Tyler Sneed, Rajay Harris here in the Pirate Radio Studios, ECU picking up a huge win. And guys, I host our our post game show, the fifth quarter. At times, uh, a lot of people complaining, mm-hmm. a lot of people upset. <laughs> yep. This one was a party. And you had a lot of folks calling in saying, 
I'm ready to eat some crow. I, I, I gave up on these guys. I called out coaches. I called out Holden. I called out so and so, and and I am uh, I'm going to take it, and I'm going to say I apologize. And we had, and it sounded like you guys had a bit of a us against the world mentality. Just looking at Donnie Kirkpatrick's tweet with the dude walking through the door. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Mike Houston calling. You know, so you guys, uh, did you have that mentality heading into the game against Marshall? Yeah, man. I mean, you gotta you gotta block out the outside noise. You know, you can't let the you can't let the people on the outside that's not really there with you every day, working day in day out, get to you. You know, so you gotta stay away from social media sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Just work. <laughs> you block it out, but it sounds like y'all were using his motivation at the same time. Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you you hear it, but you try not to take it into consideration and all that. But you know, we we definitely heard it. Um, but we went into that week, you know, knowing what we can do, and uh, we just. You know, like you said, use his motivation however you want to take it. But, uh, yeah, I think we shut them all down that week. Uh, that celebration in the locker room, and, and I'll go ahead and bring up the uh, – and I, I can't imagine what Miles Berry is going through, but the, the tragic loss of his father last week. We saw a little bit of video of you guys rallying around him, him getting the game ball, the you guys being uh, you know supportive of your teammate and friend. But, man, that, that looked like a really special moment there in the locker room after the game. Yeah, we just got to be there for our brother, man. We just we love him. You know, we're sorry for his loss. We just got to be there for him. Yeah. Second most tackles during the game. Not only is he playing in the game, he's having a good game for you guys after nah, after that loss. Definitely a special night for him. Um, you know, he deserved that more than anybody. And, uh, you know, we just keep praying for him and his family. I, I talked about this with Holden. I'll ask you guys, too. You guys have done a great job of the 24-hour rule, getting over tough losses and bouncing back. Now you can't you can't get a case of the big head as mm-hmm. one former coach Rick Smith calls it, mm-hmm. and uh, and and celebrate too long. So how do you how do you keep your feet grounded, Rajay, after a huge win like this? I mean, going back to what Coach Houston said last night, you know, we had the winners dinner or whatever last night. But after the winners dinner, you just got to drop it. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's a new week. We got Charles Southern, a good football team coming in, and we got to do what we got to do to to get that W. Tyler, agree with yeah. that? No, yeah, same kind of 24-hour rule with a win, uh, maybe a little less probably. You know, the win is good, uh, the best feeling in the world, but it doesn't last as long. You know, that that loss can haunt you all week, 24 hours. You know, that's when we kind of cut it off. But, you know, the win is done now. It's over with. Uh, like he said, Charleston Suggs is a good football team, so he's got to work this week to get another one. Roger, how much nicer is it to see mistakes on film and work on cleaning up those mistakes after a win instead of a loss? It's a lot better, right? Yeah, you go into the meeting room and after after a win and you're just happy, you're just ready to see all the plays that your teammates make. But when you get a loss, you're like, man, it's just I don't want to see this. You know, you you're draining it. But you know, I think everybody responded well to the mistakes that we made. Went out there Sunday, had a good practice, and you know, I'm ready for the week. Uh, who was uh, Keaton waving to during that run? <laughs> Uh, he said he was raving to Jawan Powell, uh, okay. the safety on the team. But, you know, that boy right there, that's, that's the goat right there. He was gone. <laughs> he, I mean, gone, gone. Yeah, that was a. Goat. He even <laughs> finished it with the uh, the sprinters. Mm-hmm. I guess finished there at the end. Yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> uh, another great play uh, by Key Mitchell and you guys. Uh, Fourteen carries for Keaton, thirteen for Rajay. Both of you guys four catches for Keaton, three for you, Rajay. So the split is working fantastic right yeah, now. I, and you said you're, you know, you're a little sore today, but imagine how sore you'd be if you got 30 of those touches, but you're able to split them. That's got to help the body out, too. Oh, yeah, man. Coach Foster, that's one thing I can say about Coach Foster. He tells us to take care of our body. So I'd be in the training room at least three, four, three, four days out of the week. So, yeah. You know, after 
After Wednesday, I'd be fine. Tuesday, Wednesday, I'd be fine. So, you know. Tyler, <laughs> you took some shots as well. How you feeling today? feel good. You know, I always sore after <laughs> any game. I probably don't do as good of a job getting treatment and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Getting the Colts up on Thursday, and then that's it for me, really. You guys have been a huge part of this offense, not just this year, but moving back to last year. But a couple guys really stepping up late in the game. I guess Shane Calhoun was there all night. Uh, yeah. Eight catches, 114, yeah. and a touchdown. Audio Matosho also had some big catches late in that game. And it's got to be fun to see that, you know, you're ready to get the ball and be counted on, but you know your, your teammates are out there uh, making plays as well. Yeah, man. Uh, they practice hard every every day. Every day, you can um, you know, sneak and vouch, hold and vouch. Them boys come to come to practice like this, like it's game day. You know, they're ready to work. And, you know, everybody done bought in, and everybody ready for the season. Everybody just ready to just to bounce back. How about the uh, the play of the tight end, Tyler? Did you, is that something you saw coming? We hadn't seen it on game day really yet, but he had a monster game, Shane. Oh Tyler. yeah, no, Shane. Shane can do it all. I think Holton said earlier uh, in the year. You know, he he's got a chance to be one of the. Or the the best tight end in the in the conference. So, uh, you know, I agree with that. You know, Shane can do it all. He had a great game. Um, you know, he, he'll definitely have more. Yeah. We'll talk uh, to some of your defensive teammates a little later on. Uh, planning to catch up with Bruce and Xavier. And there, there's two parts to a comeback. There's you guys scoring 21 in seven and a half minutes. But for y'all to come back, the defense has to pitch a shutout. What an effort by those guys late in the game. Marshall had been moving the ball. And uh, and Blake Harrell's guys put a stop to that late in the game. Oh yeah, man, um, they got an attitude to them. You know, I said uh, in the interview, um, like fall camp, I was like, I play against the best defense every day. You know, I mean that because they kind of practice, and you know, they're ready to play. You know, they they dare you. You gonna have to kind of practice ready. You know, strapped up because they're gonna hit you in your mouth. I wanted to talk to uh, to DJ today and ask him about that drop pick. <laughs> that was a great play. Yeah, got uh, to him, yeah. Did y'all talk to him? He's got to make that one. Yeah, I'll talk but that was a great play. Uh, Jaquan though, he he sealed the deal. What was that like watching that from the sideline? First of all, how nervous were you during that last drive from the sideline? <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I was nervous on the sideline. I was relieved. <laughs> yeah, that was. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was a good play. <laughs> and then we were wondering, too, so what do you do in that situation? You're up four, ball at the one. We were saying you could take a safety at that point. It would give them two and then just run out the clock, run out of the end zone or whatever. You guys go, what, what was the, the call when you were talking about going on the field there? Was it Rolex? Rolex. Yeah, it was a Rolex. Just, uh, just roll out and just throw it as high as you can. And waste that time, time. And, yeah. and get off the field. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> That's the new victory formation, yeah. uh, that play right there. <laughs> Good stuff. So, guys, uh, back at practice this week, getting ready for Charleston Southern. Have you had a chance to, to look at them at all yet? Um, I took a little glimpse last night for a little bit. I haven't really um, got to evaluate, you know, the defense yet. But uh, it's a pretty good team, you know, just looking at them for, for a little bit. It's a pretty good team. Rajay getting in the end zone, Tyler getting in the end zone, and having that passing touchdown. So great performance by you guys. And uh, a re-invigorated Pirate fan base ready to see you guys on Saturday. I don't know if you've seen the uh, kickoff time for Tulane has been announced, 3.30, coming up in a couple weeks. So a couple of home games, uh, get a win this Saturday, and then conference opener. I, I, I feel this way. I don't know, as players, you guys are so locked in week to week, but... I don't want to say it was a season saver, but it kind of does change the the momentum of the season when you get a win like that Saturday. Do y'all feel that way? Oh, yeah. You know, um, like I was just saying, just practice habits. You know, we go into practice, and we're practicing so hard, and it's just like it's meant to happen. You know, you know, we're working, we're busting our tails, and, you know, we just expect to win. But, you know, 
you know, you going into this week right here, you know, a lot of people, you know, in the past, past teams, you know, they would have had the mindset of we won, mm-hmm. just relax this week. But it's like, nah, we got to get better this week. So it's just, it's like a momentum booster. Like everybody done bought in. It's just, it's a great feeling right now. So That's yeah. awesome. Sounds like consistency. Yeah, yeah, no, win or loss, you got to you gotta work hard yeah. every day. And <laughs> it's awesome that y'all got to see the hard work pay off on yeah. Saturday night. It's great oh, feeling, yeah. man. Great feeling. Rajay Tyler, uh, congratulations, man. Great win. Let's get another one Saturday, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. it. That was earlier today. Tyler Sneed and Rajay Harris dropping by the Pirate Radio Studios inside the Players' Lounge. And got to be honest, a lot more fun to do that after a win than when those guys lose. Tough uh, for them to answer the questions and and tough on us to to ask some of those questions. But after a win, uh, spirits are a lot higher and uh, really – Happy for those guys and the team. They were able to pull that one out on a Saturday night. Still to come on today's show, Holt Nailers with Troy D and I at 5 o'clock, Bruce Bivens and Xavier Smith at around 5.20 or so. And then after that, planning to hook up with C.J. Johnson. So uh, still a lot more players coming up on this Monday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We'll take a timeout, come back, and have more for you on a Victory Monday. We are back with you after this. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Do you have real estate questions about buying or selling residential or commercial properties? Are you curious about this current real estate market? Do you need a property manager for rental houses? ECU alum Scott Harris with REMAX and SD Harris Properties can help answer every question you have and show you a stress-free real estate experience that will be memorable and enjoyable. If you have real estate questions, Scott has answers. Call Scott Harris today at 347-1857. Now let's head back in to a PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Mentioned that we're talking to Kevin Monroe, former Pirate on Tuesday show. We'll also talk to former pirate blake prohl uh he'll join us on the program got off to a great start to his training camp with the vikings suffered an injury and is going to be forced to miss this season but we'll talk about uh his rehab right now how it's going what he's doing also talk about the pirates and their big victory over marshall on saturday night uh we gotta wait for some more football I uh, got Monday night football tonight and then no football until Thursday. What do we do until then? Well, we go see some live championship baseball at Granger Stadium as the Down East Wood Ducks playing some championship baseball. And Wade Howell joins us on the Fixed NC Live line today to talk about that. Uh, Wade, congrats to the Woodies. How you doing, man? I'm good, Cliff. How are you? Thank do- you. Doing great. Uh, let's get to who, what, when, where, why, Wade. Uh, what's going on this week at Granger Stadium? Well, we uh, it's Actually, the championship series this year is a little bit different than it has been in the past for uh, minor league baseball. Uh, we started the season with a little bit of an unclear picture of, of what might ex- actually even happen to the season. So uh, you know, when the schedules initially came out, the, there wasn't even a postseason schedule about midway through the season, uh, especially in the low A uh, division that we play in. They, they decided to do, uh, do a five-game series with the best two records. Uh, we qualified. Uh, at the very last minute yesterday, we won. 
in Salem, who we were tied with and who owned the tiebreaker, lost uh, last night at their 4 p.m. game. So we uh, we get in uh, as a result, and we start on Tuesday with game one here. So we're playing Charleston, who we just finished up a six-game series with at home. Um, but uh, best of five for us with uh, games one and two at uh, Granger Stadium, as you mentioned, uh, Tuesday the 21st and Wednesday the 22nd. Well, you talk about it in uh, like March Madness and last year's NFL playoffs with the Bucks. Uh, sometimes it's the team that gets hot at the right time, and uh, the Wood Ducks are certainly that. As you mentioned, kind of went down to the uh, the final day, the final moment, the final inning to see if you were going to get in or not. But uh, the Woodies have been playing some really fun baseball, and uh, hopefully they'll have uh, some good crowds out of Granger Stadium to see them as they try to uh, win some rings here. Yeah, I, I hope so. Like you said, we. We came into it. We were we started the the series, a six game series against Charleston again. Who was number one seed? Uh, had a ten game lead above us in Salem, so we knew we weren't catching them. Um, and uh, had a pretty exciting game early on. Walk off grand slam after being down three three runs in the bottom of the tenth inning early on, uh, and that kind of carried us over. So we went four out of two. We were game back of Salem at that point. Um, and actually, we had played Charleston early in the year. Uh, and beat them four out of six at their place. So uh, even though they're number one seed, we've beaten them eight out of 12 uh, times. I know you like to talk about uh, odds and things like that, so maybe we're the favorite going into this series having done that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so we're, we're pretty excited by our chances, and uh, hopefully we get off to a good start tomorrow uh, tomorrow night. So, uh, once again, uh, if folks want tickets, uh, can they get them beforehand, or do they need to go to Granger Stadium Tuesday? They can. They're they're on sale online right now, so you can buy them at uh, Wood Ducks. Just go to our website, uh, woodducksbaseball.com, and you can find the link to uh, to the, the ticket. If not, we'll be selling them on um, you know on site here at the box office. Uh, they're ten dollars in advance. They're twelve dollars day of the game. Again, tomorrow night, uh, seven o'clock is game one. Uh, gates open at six, and then right now, the game two is scheduled for Wednesday. Uh, same time, seven o'clock with the uh, with the gates open at six o'clock. Uh, and weather's never an issue with outdoor sporting events, so I don't even know why I'm asking this, Wade. But uh, just in case there is some rain Tuesday or Wednesday, what does that mean for the series? Would you push it back a day and the Wood Ducks get a, another home game, or how would that work? Yeah, we we made sure we we're clear on that because there is uh, even though we have that big piece of plastic that we we put over the infield, uh, some games it seems like every game we do it. <laughs> um, we uh, we've got clarity on it. So the the schedule for the five games is, is games one and two here Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday being an off day. Gotcha. Three, four, five in Charleston starting Friday. Um, if we have to lose one of the games on Tuesday, Wednesday, it goes to an off day uh, Thursday here, uh, and the teams are less than three hundred fifty miles away is the rule that Major League Baseball has. So there just would be an off day. We we just bus after the game and get down there. If for some reason we run into multiple rain dates. Uh, it keeps backing up until we can play, and Friday is beautiful here. It's sunny and like 70 degrees. So the outside chance, again, we ran into a couple of days of rain that we could go all the way to Friday. We we would not lose a game. So, so if people want to buy a ticket in advance, rest assured we will not lose that game. They'll be able to see that game eventually. Uh, but it may just move if we if we have a rain out. So uh, awesome. we'll, we'll update people and follow us on on social media and uh, on our website, we'll keep updating people on any you know, any weather situations and rain delays or, or postponements that we might have. So a guaranteed two games at Granger Stadium for this championship series. Matt Davis joined 
brian bailey on the brian bailey show earlier today if you missed it you can check it out at six o'clock and i plan to hook up with matt uh, at least once this week maybe a couple times to get some updates on the woodies and talk about this uh, championship series and refresh my memory Wade, uh, the Woodies relatively young to the area. Of course, the Indians, uh, Kinston Indians, were around here for a long time, took a hiatus. The Wood Ducks came back. This is their their second trip to a championship series, right? Yeah, we. Uh, well, it's it's been it's weather affected. So we were we won in seventeen, but it was co champions in seventeen because the actual finals uh, were canceled because of a hurricane that yeah. came through. So we we won the first round, and in a regular year, there was a there was a there was a first half and second half that played the first half and second half champions played each other. And then there was a final after that. So we had beaten Merle beach, uh, in that one. And it was, it was postponed or canceled. So I think it was us and, uh, Lynchburg shared the 2017 championship. Um, 18, we, we did not make postseason 19. We got back to the postseason, won the first half, uh, lost to Fayetteville in that first round of the first half, second half and didn't have a season last year, as you know. So fourth official season, third trip to the postseason out nice. of four years, second to a finals, but both years it's it's been a little bit of a a, a, um, a rescheduled uh, finals or, or re, I guess, re, whatever we call it, uh, redesigned postseason. <laughs> Uh, where the where the format is not what it would normally it normally be. So hopefully right. we'll get a chance to win this one on the field uh, and uh, and walk away with our second championship in four official seasons here. That's awesome. Says a lot about the uh, the young and uh, looks like talented Rangers organization uh, with what the Wood Ducks have been able to do. And uh, yeah, COVID, uh, hurricanes, everything trying to bring the Woodies down. But you guys, uh, you know keep at it so uh way uh, way to hopefully uh some fun nights in kinston coming up on tuesday and wednesday night weather permitting if not there will be uh two guaranteed games at granger stadium this week so exciting stuff uh good luck to the uh the woodies there wade i appreciate it thanks clip thanks for all the support and uh and go woody there you go there is wade howell joining us on the fixed nc live line as the Wood Ducks will be in action. Again, no football Tuesday and Wednesday night. So head on out to Granger Stadium. Nice, affordable uh, championship ticket. Take the family, have a good time, and uh, support some uh, some local baseball. Should be a lot of fun. Let's uh, take a time out. When we return, we'll wrap up our number two and uh, finish up our NFL Week 2 recap. We'll go over some other games and talk about the wild one last night where Lamar Jackson went from zero to hero in the Ravens' victory over the Chiefs. Uh, More on that when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. PRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Be sure to check out David Price Construction for all of your commercial or custom residential renovation and building needs. Run by ECU alumni, David Price Construction specializes in commercial projects, maintenance on facilities, and large-scale residential renovations and additions. 
David Price Construction, the proud ECU Home Services partner. Call them today at 919-292-5532 or visit them online at davidpriceconstruction.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Victory Monday. We'll uh, finish up the hour recapping NFL Week 2 where we left off from Hour 1. Coming up in Hour 3, Troy D will be here. We got Holt Naylor's that chat coming up. Bruce Bivens, Xavier Smith, CJ Johnson as well. So we'll go back inside the Players' Lounge a few times coming up in uh, Hour 3 of today's show. Teddy Two Gloves and the Broncos are 2-0. and The Broncos beat the Jaguars 23-13. to uh, no Jerry Judy, no problem for Denver. How about Cortland Sutton going back to his SMU days? Nine catches, 159 yards for Cortland Sutton in the win uh, for the Broncos. They are 2-0 and as they knock off Urban Meyer and the Jags. A thriller in Arizona. It ends with a missed field goal for the Minnesota Vikings. And the Cardinals are 2-0. and as Kyler Murray, 400 yards, three touchdowns for Kyler Murray. If you had anybody going in fantasy in this one, uh, you did well because Dalvin Cook had 131 yards on the ground. Uh, Rondell Moore, the rookie, seven catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown. Hopkins had a touchdown. A.J. Green had a touchdown in this game. Of course, Jefferson got his. Adam Thielen had a touchdown. Everybody gets a touchdown. I had Dalvin Cook. I have him. At, he was my first pick at number three. Bad thing is that my opponent this week in fantasy had Kyler Murray, mm. and uh, he just put up a lot of points. I mean, rushing yards. He had 400 passing yards, and Murray finished with 31 rushing yards and a touchdown. So just getting you from from every angle there. Uh, the Bucks hammered the Falcons. This game got tight in the second half, and then two Matt Ryan pick sixes changed all that. Ryan threw two touchdowns to his team. To he threw person. two to the other team, to the same dude. Mike Edwards mm-hmm. is his name, and I remember that because it sounds a lot like Mike Evans, who also had two touchdowns in the game for the Bucks. They went at 48-25, to and they are rolling along. Showdown with the Rams coming up on Sunday. Looking forward to that one. Cowboys beat the Chargers 20-17. to Nobody cares. The Titans... <laughs> Knocked off the Seahawks 33-30 to on a last-second field goal. Oh, what a, what a game. And our favorite play-by-play announcer, Mike Keith, was fired up, Chandler. I'm not going to ask you to do it. So it might hurt your – unless you want to do it. Nah, okay, you'll pass. Snap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a huge win for the Titans uh, because they were looking at 0-2 there until a furious uh, second half, outscoring the Seahawks 21-6. to and 24 to 6 if you include overtime they went at 33 to 30 Tannehill 347 yards hooked up with his new toy julio jones who was a centimeter away from having his first touchdown as a titan i believe that was a touchdown yeah they they got the steel shot of him and his foot just inside the white on the white very close, close but it looked like he was Monster day for Tyler Lockett. Eight catches, 178 yards, and a touchdown for him. Chris Carson, a couple of rushing touchdowns. So a big fantasy day. If you had a Viking, Cardinal, Titan, or Seahawk, you had a good day fantasy-wise on, uh, on Sunday. And then last night, what a game between the Chiefs and the Ravens. Chiefs got up early, and the Ravens kept responding, but the Chiefs, 
had a lead pretty much the entire game. Baltimore outscores Kansas City 12 to nothing in the final frame. We saw the good Lamar Jackson. We saw the really bad Lamar Jackson with two interceptions, but Lamar Jackson finished with a passing touchdown and had two rushing touchdowns, 107 yards, and the um, the GOAT, and this is not the good GOAT, the greatest of all time GOAT. This is the bad GOAT in the game for Kansas City. It was Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the second-year running back, fumbled on the final drive as the Chiefs were going in. They were already just about in Harrison Buckner's range. Uh, he fumbles the ball. They have three timeouts left, so the Ravens get a stop on first down timeout, stop on second down timeout, stop them uh, yard short on fourth down timeout. You can see as Lamar Jackson's going to the sideline, John Harbaugh saying, Lamar, you want to go for this? Which basically they're going for. Lamar Jackson's not going to say no, punt it, coach. Of course he's going to say yes, I want to go for this. Uh, They do a quarterback run, first down, ball game. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens with a huge win because they were staring 0-2 in the face. Uh, But they're able to pick up a win at home against Kansas City. The Chiefs and Ravens going to 1-1 on the year. Mahomes was awesome. 343, three touchdowns, had an interception. Travis Kelsey, 7 for 109 and a touchdown. And the Ravens did a good job. Tyreek Hill had three catches for 14 yards. Wow. They doubled him all night and said, he's not going to beat us, somebody else is. Well, that somebody else was Kelsey, some guy named Byron Pringle, two catches, 63 yards and a touchdown. Miko Hardman had five for 55. Demarcus Robinson had three catches and a touchdown. So the Chiefs, even if you take away Hill, are still going to get their 35 points and put up a ton of yards. But they stuck to the plan. They were not going to let Tyreek Hill beat them last night, and that worked. Uh, big game for Hollywood Brown as well. Six for 113 and a touchdown. In the Ravens win over the Chiefs. It's all capped off by tonight's Monday night matchup, which is a dud, but ESPN2, Peyton and Eli back at it again. That went over swimmingly week one. Uh, you, you never see a 100% approval rating on anything in 2021. I have yet to talk to a person that watched that that didn't like it, and everybody loved it, uh, Peyton and Eli. And uh, I'm sure they'll have some more guests lined up for tonight. So, uh, like Chandler said in hour one, not looking forward to the game uh, necessarily, but certainly looking forward to the Manning cast. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, last week you mentioned before um, – you mentioned before that I wonder how these guys are going to be when there's a blowout game. Yeah, we might, we might find tonight. out tonight. We, we might see that tonight when the Packers take on the Lions. Do they have uh, – I'm sure they got a lot of filler material. We'll have to see how that goes. Uh, some NFL news and notes. You've heard of guys in the basketball court breaking ankles. Uh, Carson Wentz has not one but two sprained ankles. He has sprains in both of his ankles. I hate to chuckle. Uh, he is – he is known as an injury-prone quarterback, and that is really weird to see a quarterback spraining both ankles. Maybe he's putting too much weight on one after be, the other sprain. He's going to have to be in a wheelchair. I guess so. A little wheelchair football action. Tua is day-to-day, according to Dolphins coach Brian Flores. He left the game. I, I'm trying to count all the quarterbacks that left the game yesterday. Troy's uh, quarterback for the Bears, Andy Dalton, left the game. Baker Mayfield left the game. Nobody Carson was compl- Wentz. nobody was complaining at Soldier Field though. I don't like this mojo. I, was bad, I know Troy. it was bad. Call. I, no one. I don't wish 
Andy Dalton harm, but it was an opportunity for Jason Fields to go ahead and get the start for the second half. Uh, well, Dalton's numbers were better than Fields. I, I know you don't care I, about I know. at this point. I know. You just want to see the young guy in. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that's a naggy issue. <laughs> Matt Nagy says if Andy is healthy, he will be uh, the starter. So uh, moving forward, we shall see if uh, – if that is the case, if Andy Dalton is able to go in week three. Looks like uh, you guys have the Browns. It'll be a pretty good game. Yeah. And look, Dalton's credit, he's been doing pretty decent. Yeah. You know, so I'm not down on him. Uh, and let's see. McCaffrey had cramps. He's fine. He's going to get his 30 touches. He's good to go. Right? He's to get some extra bananas. Yeah. Takes care I, of I really wish we would reduce his action. Really? So just, you're just a, a tad you're bit. again. Well, we need to get you here on a Friday so you and Tony Dunn can argue about that because he is totally opposed to reducing his touches. I mean, we're just, we're going to get him killed. <laughs> we're going to get him killed. Hey, but you'll win until that happens, right? You know, and I mean, we got a guy in Chuba Hubbard that we drafted that I believe we have, and he played a lot. He played a lot on Sunday. Uh, but uh, it's the Christian McCaffrey show on offense. That it is. We'll see him Thursday night. Uh, and you can hear it right here on Pirate Radio when the uh, Panthers played the Texans. Robert said that he played uh, against Derrick Henry yesterday. That did not go well for him I think in I two saw different it. leagues. Yeah, I think I saw he commented Sorry, two different Robert. leagues. Yeah, that's, 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 that's not good. That's a tough um, leg. That's two tough legs. Johnny makes an observation. He said, Wade Howell sounds like Wager McGee. He said they sound like brothers. Hmm. I've never put that There's together. There's a few people that sound – I've said before, um, you know, Tom from Greenville that used to call a lot. Yeah, Tom. Tom sounds just like Phil Steele to me. If you listen this to those Phil guys – Phil Steele. Phil Steele's magazine. Yeah, I can hear that. They, they sound very similar in the way they their dialect and their voice – voice patterns yeah you know i hear that sometimes it's not just the accent but it's also the the pattern of the way they speak what if uh phil Steele is secretly living in greenville as a guy named tom and he hides his identity wow i might have just figured something well, i want to find out where he lives so i can go watch college football with him with all, <laughs> football, is, uh, with all football those TVs. Yeah. in the bunker yeah that's yeah. a good idea all right, uh, let's get to hour three of the show. Do you think you like if you watch the game with Phil Steele or games? Like, are you allowed to talk to him, or he's just soaking in? Like, he's watching it like a computer. Like, you can't speak like, to nah, him. No, 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 no. We're gonna watch college football. Like, you can't talk to him because he's got to see every play. Yeah. You know, like we'd go like, oh, you're at tiebreakers. We're t- hanging out, having a beer, being social. It's business for him. Yeah. Like, he'd go berserk. It's like an exam tiebreaker. he's taking. Yeah, can't you see his head like watching five games at one time, you know? But if there's a Washington game on and I'm in a crowd, I don't really like the chatter during the like I'm watching the game. Same way. But he does that with for every team. So that's why like yeah. ECU, like I, I had a chance to go out with some friends and watch the game. I was like, no, I need to be at home. I want to watch it. I don't yeah. want to be around people. Phil Steele, yeah. every team is his team. So he yeah. can't so you're right. You can't talk to him. What's yeah. your favorite college team? College football. <laughs> the NCAA. He's got he's got the uh John Belushi college shirt when yeah. he goes to a game. Uh let's take a break. We'll come back and we will go inside the players lounge. Troy D and I talked to Holt Nailers earlier today. You'll hear that conversation. Bruce Bivens and Xavier Smith and uh planning to hook up with CJ Johnson live during the Yeah, we got a busy hour coming your way. Don't go anywhere. All that and a giveaway from the booty bag is on the way on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Carolina Caliber has the area's largest selection of outdoor or four outdoor shooting sports and accessories and is one of the top firearm dealers anywhere. At Carolina Caliber, they have everything you need for hunting, home defense, and personal protection, including a wide variety for ladies and youth. Carolina Caliber will buy, sell, and trade. Carolina Caliber, locally owned and operated since 1960 on Fire Tower Road in Winterville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Barack. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live, hour number three, Victory Monday. It is great to be here after a pirate victory and uh, be able to talk to the ECU players in the players lounge and Troy D uh, see smiles on their faces and have them happy uh, to come in here and answer some questions about a football game week uh, week one and two a little bit tough a lot more fun today after the victory clip I said it uh, on social media Saturday night it feels good to feel good again after a pirate football game and I tell you what it felt good Saturday night and I think you know, we've kind of forgotten what that feeling's like. It's been a while. Definitely. Not, not just a win, but a dramatic come from behind. Against a good team. Against a good team on the road. A win that means something. And I really think this win is substantial. I, and we talked about this Friday clip, and I told you I had a weird feeling about this game. You did. I don't always pick ECU to win. Um, I went against East Carolina in the South Carolina game, and unfortunately it was right there. I did have a feeling. I just felt, I felt something about this team that their backs were against the wall. And sure enough, they were all week long. But not only that, their backs were against the wall in the Marshall game in the fourth quarter in the biggest way possible. Down 17 points and yet found a way to respond and come back. And just everything, you know, they had so many bad things happen in the game to have everything go right. You know, it, they really had to have a lot of breaks to have this comeback, too. And they really had to show a lot of guts. But They made their own the, breaks. Too. They did. But that onside kick to perfection. That was beautiful. You know, the odds are against you on that. You know, but not not only to kick it perfectly, but for him to recover it also. Uh, you know, there was just a lot of good things that happened in that last seven minutes, and it was great to see. And I tell you, it has really changed the attitude and the complexion of this entire season, in my opinion. Yeah, I had Marshall by a couple of touchdowns. I uh, was looking prophetic there until uh, seven minutes and left in the fourth quarter. But even then, when Marshall missed that field goal, I saw you on – uh, social media put that gives the pirates some life game's not over yet i, I honestly i said this on the fifth quarter i, I kind of scoffed at that i thought yeah. the game was over I, well before then i, I know uh, ali looked like muhammad ali out there delivering knockout punches for uh marshall been waiting to use that one since saturday <laughs> night one time surely how about one time uh, ali looked like muhammad ali out there yeah. uh floating like a butterfly sting like a bee on the field all right we get it um, get back to the point. all right but anyway when the marshall kicker choked on that kick and it was a 10 point and that was a uh, 10 point differential there, yeah i truly felt i was like you know what this is the break that ecu kind of needed to get a little the momentum back and they capitalized on it and it was and once again ECU needed the breaks. Marshall needed some bad things to happen, and that's what was happening. And momentum was a funny thing in football clip, and you just could kind of sense the momentum shifting there. And uh, I it, just, it just didn't kept think there was going. enough time. I truly, when I put that out there, I truly felt like this game's not over. This is absolutely in play right here. I meant to mention it on the fifth quarter. My dad texted me late, and I didn't see it, but 
they had a chance to kick a field goal and go up by 20 points. Instead, they went for it on fourth down and threw an incomplete pass. Yeah. And that, I mean, you kick a field goal there, then that's really – it could put the game away, essentially. They had opportunities. They did. Just like ECU had against South Carolina Correct. earlier in the game last week. Absolutely. To extend the lead, really put them away. Yeah. ECU's defense stood tall. Marshall had something to do with that, missing a field goal. Uh, and the Pirates got it done. It's the first time in a long time I've been that excited watching a fourth quarter. And where I, at the end of the game, I am literally standing up. I can't be sitting on my couch. I'm standing up. I know you guys were fired up here in the studio, but I'm with my sons. And we are standing watching the end of the game. Like, I, I was pacing. I was so nervous. And it just makes me want to celebrate Clip. Let me crack up. Colwyn, thanks to my friends at Minji's Bottling Group, a great ice-cold Diet Pepsi here. Good stuff. We've got some players coming up in the Players' Lounge this hour. C.J. Johnson going to join us. We'll hear from Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Bivens and Xavier Smith in a moment. But uh, let's hear our chat with Holden Aylers earlier today. Troy, we caught up with him on the Fixed NC Live line and talked to the QB. Let's hear that right now. All right, let's head out to the Fixed NC Live line and talk to the starting quarterback for the East Carolina Pirates. Holden Aylers joins us inside the Players' Lounge after a come-from-behind victory over the Marshall Thundering Herd. Holden, appreciate your time. How you doing today, man? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me. And I don't even know where to begin. What a performance the other night. 21 fourth-quarter points. You guys rally all the way back and pick up the win. And Holden, I guess we'll just start with uh, your feelings after the game. Picking up that win with all the adversity, uh, the, the insurmountable odds against you in that game. Uh, how did it feel when the clocks hit zero and you guys were able to walk off a winner there in Marshall? It felt great, man. Um, honestly, it's something that I remember for the rest of my life. It's something that um, I knew we could do. Um, you know, going into the week, I knew that we could put points on them if we executed the way that we should have. And um, I'm just proud of the team. Um, you know, we were down 17. There were seven minutes to go, and we had a decision to make, and we made a decision to fight back and, and see where it, see where it took us. So I'm just proud of the team, proud of the guys for fighting back and winning the game. Holden Troy to here. Congratulations on uh, such an awesome performance. It sure was uh, fun to see and fun to talk about afterwards. I know that. Uh, wanted to ask you that fourth quarter comeback, you know, down by 17 points. Uh, I, I can't, you know, it didn't, this game didn't have the gravity of obviously the Peach Bowl game, January 1st, 1992. But yep. the comeback was very similar as far as about the amount of, uh, just about the same amount of time was left in the game in the fourth quarter. And both East Carolina teams were down by 17 points. I mean, usually the, the, uh, the odds are probably, you know, so against you guys from being able to come back from 17 points with just seven minutes to go in the game. Yet you guys were able to do it. It was an incredible thing to see. At what point did you say, uh, I kind of felt like when Marshall missed the field goal, and I think EC was down by 10 at that point. I was like, oh, all right, hold on a second. This thing is not over yet, and we really have a chance. to. We've got some momentum. You guys were driving and you were scoring. At what point did you feel like, okay, we could really do this? Um, to be honest with you, it was um, we were down 17. We had the ball to go score, to go down. Um, seven or ten at that point, I believe, and we didn't do it. I got sacked twice, um, and then we we had a run play that was unsuccessful, and I kind of got to the sideline. And to be honest with you, I got really pissed off and got the offense together and just said, "Man, we can go do this thing. You know, we're not going to go lay down just because we're down seventeen right here. There's still time left. We can go win this thing and, and go put points on the board and just see where it is when the when the clock shoots zero. But um, probably just that point, and you know, since that. 
you know, we talked and the offense got together. I mean, we, we kind of took off of that and we kind of planted our feet and, and did what we needed to do. Hold on. How much of this was, you know, in the fourth quarter, it looked like you guys were running a different offense. You know, you had four wide receivers out there. You were running fast-paced, a hurry-up type of deal, and it was working. At what point did, did Donnie make a change as far as, okay, you know, we're, we're in the hole this much. We got to go with this. Was that a big part of this by changing the way you guys and you were actually running this offense? Yeah, believe it or not, you know, um, earlier in the week we knew that, um, you know, we talked about that we could go our two-minute was going to be really successful versus them just because of the defense that they played. And, and the skill guys that we had matched up really well with them. So um, we knew that the two-minute drill, and that's just what we called. I mean, there wasn't two minutes left, obviously, but when you're down that much, you kind of play it like a two-minute where you go up-tempo and you just get the play in as quick as possible and spread the ball around and more passes really than, than run so you don't want the clock to run out. But we knew that we could run two-minute on them. Um, we knew it, and we've even talked earlier in the week about you know doing it not only in two minutes, um, not necessarily planning on being down, but just saying that that could be something that we could do successfully versus them and do successful in general. So um, I just I appreciate him believing in us. Um, I'm glad we went out there and and you know played good for that two minute right there. With the success of that, Holton, is that something you think you'll see uh, more this coming up week and in future weeks this season where we're running that more fast paced up tempo that it's been so successful? Hey, shoot, I'm all for it. Um, you know, I mean, I love scoring points, and I love you know, doing whatever we have to do to make the team win. But, you know, I mean, it's certainly fun playing that way, and I know the guys love playing that way too. And, I mean, any way we can get points, and the more points the better. So, um, you know, I mean, I hope so. But, you know, we're going to trust in Coach K and see what he dials up. Hold on, let's talk about the catch. Great execution on the Tyler Sneed to Holt Naylor's touchdown pass and great run after the catch to, to dive and get into the end zone. How long have you been uh, cooking up that play at practice? Oh, we've had it. Uh, honestly, I think we've had it since week one. Uh, but to be to be real with you, the only time we've completed it is a walkthrough. We've never completed it during practice. <laughs> because Sneed would always throw it 70 yards down the field thinking I'm Josiah running it down and I would never get close to it. So. But, uh, you know, I just told him, I said, put it on me. Uh, I was not going to run nothing down. Um, I'm not those receivers. I can't run like those receivers do. I just said, put it on me and let me catch it and see what happens after that. And he, honestly, dude, I mean, he's so skilled at everything he does. And weirdly enough, the pocket, because, um, I mean, we protect it kind of like a like a pass, and the pocket closed on him, and he slid over and then just threw it perfectly. I mean, he's. He's such a good player in, in all aspects, man. It's just it's fun to be his teammate. Holden, you know, we're in the moment right now and kind of the euphoria of, of that. A lot of people are calling it the, you know, the miracle at Marshall with the comeback. Anytime a name gets uh, – anytime a game gets a name or a, uh, a title, you know it's big time. So uh, people are still talking about it. very excited. But maybe at the end of the season we'll have some perspective of how this thing really played out. But being in it right now and we're three games deep – is this the type of game and the type of moment that can galvanize the team where you might look back and say, wow, that was the turning point where this team just needed some confidence and something good to feel uh, th- that they could do it, and they went out and did it, that that could turn the whole thing around? I, I know, as I said, we're kind of in it right now, and it may be hard to have that perspective in it at this point. But over the weekend, just when you were out at practice yesterday, have you sensed a change at all since that Marshall game with this team? Yeah, I certainly have. Um, you know, I mean, always, always getting that first one is a big deal. But you know, getting it that way and versus a really good team on the road like that in front of a hostile environment, um, it, it's big. And there definitely was a sense of change because we know 
Um, we got a big game coming this week, but, you know, if we go out and execute, we go into conference play, say if we win this week 2-2, two and two, I mean, that's a big deal. And, um, I mean, that's that's our goal is to go out and win this week and to see where things fall from there in conference because, I mean, we had a we felt like we could have won more games in conference last year, so we're excited to get to, to that part of our schedule. But, yeah, I mean, I do sense a change. Um, I think a lot of the guys do, too, just confident, um, especially in the offense. And we have all the confidence in the world in the defense, um, and we know that, you know, those guys are skilled. You know, Coach Harrell is going to have those guys rolling. So, I mean, I think we're definitely hitting the right point at the right time. Um, it's going to make a run at this thing. Holden Naylor's joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. Holden, we've been waiting for a big performance out of a tight end. And, they, you know, Shane Calhoun and Zach Bird, Aaron Jarman, the guys have been doing a good job blocking. I know Bird uh, helped open up a hole for Rajay to score the uh, the go-ahead touchdown. But Shane Calhoun, eight catches, 114 yards and a touchdown. Was that a point of emphasis, getting him the ball? Was that something that just happened during the game that you kept going to? How about his performance on Saturday? Yeah, he's as skilled as anyone. You know, our tight end, um, I mean, we talked about it even during the off season of how skilled our tight ends were and how each one brought something different. But, I um, mean, you know, going into the game, and we knew we were going to have some man coverage. Um, he's a big body with some really good hands, um, and he made plays. It wasn't something we get it. We went into the game like, you know, Shane's going to get this many catches and this many yards. It was just, you know, we're going to exploit matchups that we're going to have, and he was a matchup that they kept giving us that we kept taking. And, you know, I trust that guy with everything. I've said that. A lot of interviews. I um, mean, you know, he's a hard worker. He does everything the right way, and he's gonna have a really special career here. And it, you know, it's happening now. So I'm excited for him. Holden, uh, you know how fans can be, uh, and folks can be critical at times. And uh, the South Carolina was a tough game, a tough loss for you guys. And I remember, you know, you took accountability. And the first thing I heard you say is, "Hey, I need to play better. I need to do better." Uh, but a lot of people took a lot of shots at Holt Nailers, how good did it feel to come back and to be able to respond? You, you conducted yourself a class the entire week. You, you never said anything negative to anybody. Uh, but to be able to come back and respond the way you did on the field, and when I hear people call in the fifth quarter afterwards saying, you know what, uh, I was one of those guys that was critical on Holton, but I'm eating crow and I apologize, I, I thought that was probably maybe the best payback you could have is just by your performance. Yeah, I mean, I knew that I needed to play better. And, I mean, honestly, if I'm being honest with you, I'm still not satisfied with the way I played. You know, I miss I miss some plays. There's still some plays out there to be made. Um, you know, I'm never going to be satisfied. And I've always said I'm my own worst critic, and that's the only thing that I need to know to get better is myself and my circle. And that's what I've stuck to this whole time, you know, whether a good game or bad game. And that's just – that's got me to this point, and that's going to continue to make me successful down the road. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to continue to work hard. You know, like I said, I'm not – I'm not satisfied with the way I even played Saturday. Um, you know, I'm glad we won. I'm glad that I played a lot better than I had the last two games. But there's still a lot of plays out there to be made, and I'm excited to show that. Holden, uh, we're reminded at times about how football really is just a game, and it's fun, and it's not the end-all, be-all, and it's not uh, you know the most important thing in life. And we had, unfortunately, one of those last week with the passing of miles Berry's father and miles Berry himself had the second most tackles for the pirates on saturday night with seven we saw some scenes in the locker room where he gets the game ball and, and you guys rally around him and the coaches rally around him and uh, that's just a, a special moment for him i can't imagine uh, what he's going through right now but to see him smile in the locker room holding was awesome and i know it had to be awesome for you as uh, his teammate and his friend it was, you know, I mean, he's one of my best friends in the whole world. Um, you know, we came in together and, have, you know, I've watched him grow and he's watched me grow and we've been through a lot of stuff together as a program and as friends and teammates. Um, and, you know, 
you were you guys were talking about you know the critics and everyone you know talking about me or the coaches or whoever last week after the South Carolina game, but um, you know it's a bigger picture than that too. Like you said, it's more than football, and I mean he he could have been anywhere with his family this weekend, and he decided he wanted to be with us and playing a football game. So puts a lot of things into perspective, um, and, and that's something that I know he'll cherish forever. Um, I know his dad was there with us, and he knows that, and our whole team knows that. So I'm just really happy for him um, to be there with us and to play the way the way that he did was really special. Speaking of emotional moments and with the football game and really afterwards, I, hold on, I saw you hug two people after the game uh and first of all you know mike houston your coach was one of them and it was so great to see that because you know mike was asked during a press conference and you know is there talk about you know getting anyone else involved in the quarterback and he stood by you a hundred percent uh when others weren't and he never wavered in that confidence in you and i think it showed and obviously the emotion after the game between you two guys was great with that hug and then to be able to see you also uh, as you come off the field uh you spot your dad in the uh in the stadium on the front right there and to be able to jump up and get a hug from your dad morgan aylers i know uh, i was able to get a picture of that and and get it to morgan i thought that was just an awesome moment uh take us from your perspective of how that uh felt to have a moment like that yeah it was um, you know, Coach Houston has always believed in me. Um, he, he's he's been very loyal to me, and and I really appreciate that. Um, you know, even after the South Carolina game, he called me an hour or two after the game, and still told me he believed in me. Still told me that you know I was the guy, and that he was gonna go everything to to make sure that I'm gonna be successful here. And and I really appreciate that. Um, you know, I mean, I haven't played some of the games I haven't played as well as I've wanted to, but he's always stuck with me and made sure that that I knew that he believed in me, and and I owed him to play good. Saturday night and for the rest of the season, really, because I mean he has he has stuck with me and I really appreciate that. And then with my dad, man, is is people always ask me, you know, how do I deal with everything and how do I deal with everyone, the ups and the downs. But honestly, my family probably deals with it more than me because you know I'm locked off of social media for the most part and and I don't really go in public as much as as they do. You know, I don't go to work. My work is going to the facilities and coming home and watching film. You know, I don't go out in public too much and. But they do, you know, my family does, and people ask them and talk to them about all sorts of stuff. So um, I just really appreciate them. You know, it's special for them. You know, I'm not just living out my dream, but I'm also living out their dream. Um, you know, just having that in perspective and, and making them proud is something that I'll always cherish. Holden Naylor's joining us. Holden, this is the biggest win uh, for Mike Houston. And now you guys have to do something a little different. We've talked to you in the past couple weeks about getting over tough losses, moving on quickly. Now you got to handle success. And I don't think you're going to have any problem doing that. But that is uh, maybe a challenge for some guys coming off a win like that, celebrating a little too long, not doing that 24-hour rule you guys talk about. So how do you make sure you you keep the locker room's heads right uh, coming off a big win like that, uh, being that you got a game coming up in a few days? Yeah, it's just going to take a lot of leadership. Um, from the older guys and the coaches. Um, I mean, we got to show that we can do that. We can be a mature team and, and get ready. Um, you know, we're already focused on this next week and this Saturday and getting another one. You know what I mean? Some teams can either, you know, get a win and, and feel like, you know, you accomplished the whole world or you can get a win and want more. Um, and, and this team wants more and we're excited to have another opportunity, a good opportunity this Saturday in front of our home fans. So um, I'll just say you just got to stay mature about it. Um, you know, it is a business. You got to, you got to 24 hours to get, get over a win or a loss and then you got to get to the next one and that's what we're going to do well hold let me just say this it's great to be able to talk to you after a victory so we were excited you know when we announced this uh deal with you uh, an exclusive deal here with the players lounge here on pirate radio and to talk to you each and every week 
here on the program. And uh, I'm so glad we could finally do it after a win. And we hope this is the start of many more now, my friend. So Thank you. It's, Me too. it's a lot more fun to talk to you after a victory. And uh, to your credit, you, we'll talk either way. You never once said, oh, we didn't, I didn't play good. I don't want to come on this week. So it says a lot about your character and who you are. Uh, we're with you through the long haul. But uh, it is fun to talk to you after such an exciting game. And we wish you continued success. And I uh, look forward to catching up again next week. And good luck Saturday. For sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Go Pirates. There is East Carolina quarterback Holden Naylor's joining us earlier today on the Fixed NC Live line inside the Players' Lounge. Great to talk to Holden uh, after a victory for the first time this year, Troy Dick. Yeah, and I hope they can run this two-minute drill a little more often because it works, and uh, it was great to see the team go up-tempo. Also, speaking of Holden, uh, he will be after the game, after this game coming up against CSU. He'll be at Sup Dogs, by the way. You can hang out uh, at Sup Dogs, enjoy a Sup Crush, and uh, talk and meet Holden if you want to in person. He'll be uh, out there making an appearance at Sup Dogs after the game Saturday. And by the way, uh, did you notice the Sup Sup Dogs folks are serving the Sup Crushes? Have you heard about this in the stadium? Oh, really? Yeah. So you can get a Sup Crush in the stadium. Now, here that's the good news. Uh, the bad news is, and it's not bad news, but it's not available everywhere. It's in the Town Bank Tower club level. Ah, so okay. if you're in the Town Bank Tower club level, you can now get a Sup Crush from Sup Dogs at the game. What a great combo right there. That is, uh, that I is mean, cool. Now, now, they'll have the game on if, you're not, if you can't go to the game for whatever reason. You can watch it at Sup Dogs. They'll have the game on and drink it there, a Sup Crush. Which is great. Basically, it's like a, I, you know, it's like an orangeade for adults. The ones I like, I like the orange. Yeah, it's freshly made with real oranges. It's like a high C with alcohol. Yes, it's fantastic. <laughs> Couple of those, you're feeling great. Mm-hmm. They should serve them in the pouches like they do high C. <clears throat> so anyway, that's available at the stadium now, Town Bank Tower. So be on the lookout for that if you're at the Town Bank Tower club level. I was just thinking about the um, Might have the to go get one after the show issues that there were inside of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium with concessions. I know the pirate folks over there at ECU were pumped about the win, and then said, "Oh crap, that means a lot more people are coming to our game next Saturday with Charleston Southern." Yeah. So hopefully, uh, they are prepared well for the crowd that'll be there. I talked to JJ over the weekend. I know they're they're trying to ramp up the best they can staff wise, and uh, hopefully they will have as many people no show them that happened that first game i saw so, where some of that's out of their control it is nc state ahead of their home game this past weekend they had to like be aware of the, the fans say hey look we're gonna have uh staff shortages just be patient show up to the game earlier than you would so it's like well, and, he, and here's what uh ecu's done you know obviously i think and a lot of these these are these issues are happening at stadiums across the country unfortunately especially colleges I think, and like ECU, let you bring water in last week. I think they need to, and we'll confirm this clip, but uh, if there's, just be upfront with folks. Hey, look, be yeah. aware we're short-staffed. It's going to take a while, uh, and if it, we're going to go ahead and bring as much water into the game as you want so that way we don't have a public safety issue, especially if it's warm Saturday, like they let people bring in water last time. I think they need to go ahead and do that again. I'm pretty sure they will. Um, and those are things they can do in advance to try and let people know about it. Yeah. And you can, as I said, if, if there's an issue, especially with water, that's a, that's a safety issue. You got to let people drink water, especially if it's hot, especially some of our older pirate fans, uh, let them bring in some bottled waters for themselves 
that aren't going to be able to wait in line or, or be able to get water. And look, I wasn't there. Maybe I'm off base saying this, but saw some comments and it came from the Minji's Maniacs Twitter account, which are students and where a lot of students were backed up um, and couldn't get in the game in time to see the kickoff. Don't storm the gates five minutes before the game. Yeah. You know, give yourself know. some time to, to get in your seat. I, I and, and I agree with you, but it's human nature. It's just hard sometimes. People okay, well, do that, know. but don't complain about it. One or the other. So wait to the last minute and complain, or yeah. get there early and don't complain. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like Troy D with hot and cold weather. Right, right. Pick one. You complain yeah. when it's too cold. I hate the cold. No matter how hot it gets, I you do. will not complain. I do not. And that is very that is true. That is yeah. very fair. I may recognize that it's hot. Say, wow, it's hot today, but I'm not complaining. I'm just saying a statement. <laughs> you're saying it's hot, but you're not saying it's so hot. No, so not, if you wait until the last minute, you can say, man, this line's long. Yeah. But don't complain about it. I'm with you. Fair. Okay. I'm with you on that. Pick one. Uh, Mike, you can't double dip. There you go. You were talking about the sub crushes uh, at yeah. the Town Bank Tower Club level. Mike yeah. on no. Facebook Live said, uh, us normies can't get a sub crush. No, sorry. If you're a regular yeah. fan, <laughs> you can go to sub dogs and get one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was such a tease. That's too, for, I was like, oh, man. That's for the elite pirate fans. <laughs> you know you know who you are, you rich people. Can you do it uh, like Rick Smith was talking about, like we all did uh, when we were under 21? We get somebody to give us uh, get us some beer inside. Can you like get somebody to get you one to go? Maybe. Yeah. Well, then, like, what if you were sitting below Town Bank Tower? Could they get one and then kind of drop it down to yeah. you? Yeah. Tie it. Yeah. Drop. Now that would be creative. I like that. Yeah. Was Rick Smith like uh, sub crushes? Uh, no, I'm not sure. No, Phil Rick Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking Phil. I was Rick trying to Smith think. Wait, I talked to him about that. <laughs> what, Phil Rick Smith? Do you like sub crushes? Does it have alcohol in it? It does. Well, guess what my answer is. Hell yes. <laughs> Hell, I'll take your orange juice and throw some Budweiser in there when I'm at home. I mean, it's good for you. Vitamin C. Barbara's not a big fan of it because it gets me too tipsy. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Smith gone the next couple of Thursdays. Where's he going? Where's, what's Key West. He's going to Key oh, West. Oh, he told me he was going to Florida. I thought it was no, later in the season. he's going to Miami, Miami then, then Key West. Okay, I didn't know it was this early. He said I'm going to be gone a couple weeks. I thought he meant towards the end of the season, like when it's cold. I didn't know he was using that trip already. And um, I, said, uh, I was like, I assume you've been before. He's uh, like, no, I haven't. I'll I get like, Tony Collins in here Thursday. You know, Tony watched the first half with me at the house. So I said, Tony, we got a nice jar of Duke's mayonnaise to slather on your head. Yeah. You should have done it outside your house. Like the pool. Oh, that was perfect. In the pool. Well, I don't have mayonnaise at my house. You're a no mayonnaise house? I am a no mayo guy. Uh. But I, you know what? I would have run and got some if he let me do it. Yeah. But I needed someone to film it. Because we though. need to do this. This doesn't need to be... Except my kids probably could record it. Get one of the boys to do it. I saw yeah. that they were your technical experts they were. over the weekend. They totally got... So uh, here's what happened. I couldn't ever figure out the dongle situation with my Mac, with my airbook. So Tyler has a laptop. So he took his laptop, pulled it up on his laptop, took the hdmi cord from his laptop to our big screen tv did it all himself i didn't even need to do anything i said let's test it out it was like three o'clock i already had it ready to go good that's a good play yeah luckily you won't have to worry about that the rest of the year unless you're a marshall fan because (laughs) did you see the upcoming game we have never lost a game on facebook live i I, I know i'm okay with having more games on facebook (laughs) be careful what you wish. i know yes please 
All right, uh, CJ Johnson's here. Yes. We can go ahead and get him in. We will. Talk to him for a few minutes. And we still got Xavier and Bruce Bivens, too. Yeah, we so got a busy half hour. Still a lot to go. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back, have more for you on Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Gripple's Bioma- uh, Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $1,000 in a month and save lives now at Gripple's Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now let's head back in to P- uh, PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right. Thank you, Charlie Rose. Welcome back into Pirate Radio Live on a Victory Monday. We've got a giveaway coming your way at the end of this segment. So stay tuned. We'll open up the Pirate Radio booty bag in just a moment. Clip Brock. Troy D and Pirate receiver CJ Johnson inside the Pirate Radio Studios. CJ, welcome back. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. How how are you feeling? By the way? You <laughs> that was a, a real question. Yeah, yeah. How you, you doing? You took a big hit in that game. <laughs> I, I mean, you were down for an extended period of time, with, which I thought, if they reviewed, would have been a targeting call. How uh, one? How are you feeling? What did you see on that play? Uh, I I definitely thought it was targeting. Just just out of the fact of i was defenseless like i had like there was no way for me to avoid the guy or in, in any way but i mean i feel pretty good and you're <laughs> a big guy. i mean sore, yeah. for folks that don't know what six six two six twenty yeah so i mean you're a big receiver yeah, uh, so for to be able to take a hit like usually we've seen you take hits before yes sir uh, yeah. and bounce back up that was a pretty severe one yeah it, i mean i'm a little sore but you know soreness is always better after a win so i asked cj if he had seen the facebook you know the the play as it happened on the broadcast and you said you did they were showing the replay and i like Corey chavis i think he did a good job mm-hmm. but he's describing the play and he says the defender did not lower the helmet or launch into cj johnson as he's saying that we're seeing video of the defender In slow motion lower his helmet yeah. and launch yeah. and so i again i don't know i'm glad you're you're okay but i don't with all the plays they do review nowadays, I'm shocked they didn't even look at that one. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I was a little on the too. field, on the field, they didn't. And review they had plenty of time. All. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, unfortunately, you, you know, I'm glad you're okay though. Uh, let's go back to that comeback. It's down 17 points, seven minutes and change left. Uh, when, when did you guys like really notice that? Okay, man, this we could really come back in this thing. Well, it was um, after they after they scored their third touchdown. Uh, the third touchdown, I put him up by seventeen. Um, Holton grabbed all the offensive guys. He he told him to come to the sideline, and he gave us a little motivational speech. He was just like, like, just go out there and play. Just be us. Don't like, don't try to do something out of the ordinary. Just just be us. Stick to our play call and move the ball. And that's what we did. And we heard Holden earlier talk about moving to that two-minute minute offense, that mentality. Not that there were two minutes left, but just that high-speed, four receivers, wide-open type of offense. And, boy, it sure worked. Oh, yeah, because uh, when you play with that tempo, it uh, 
it kind of changes up the defensive call. So like they can't they can't bring the pressures that they want. They can't get the subs in that they need, and um, it, it forces them to go into base coverage. And, and you really keep them on their heels, and that's yeah. a big part of it. Then they start to get gassed a little bit. Uh, why not? Well, you're not a coach, but I was going to say, why not play like that more often? But is it hard to sustain that? offense you know for a long oh, period man. of time it's, I guess. Uh, just as much just as bad as it's taxing on the defense it's taxing on the offense too so you have to have time to subs because a uh, receiver can't stay in and run four good balls back to back to back and be completely fine like he has to have a sub too but like all together offensive line uh and receivers they all have to sub out and give each other breaks that's gotcha. why the next man always has to be ready I don't think Mike Houston was necessarily planning for a 17-point comeback, but his words after the game were pretty prophetic. He said that he told you guys, let's get them in the fourth quarter. They hadn't been in a close game yet. You guys have been in two where you're playing in the fourth. Turned out that was the exact situation, and you guys were well-conditioned and and executed. It's uh, it's crazy because earlier in the week, that's what he was preaching. He was like, like, um, nobody has forced Marshall to play four quarters. And we got them into that fourth quarter, and you can t- you can definitely tell they were gassed. And um, our boys came out ready, you know, no quarters. So I, I think football is a game of, of momentum and confidence, especially at this level where you're facing a lot of teams where the margin of victory or loss is very thin. We've seen that this even this yes, year. Well, you know, between a win and a loss, it could be one play here, one play there. How much of this? win now has given this team confidence to say okay we can do this we are capable we are good enough to get this thing done is this been a game changer in this with this team do you oh, believe man, i feel like i feel like the rest of the season we're about to take off because just just because like we've been we've been told we've been told that we if we played together we could we could win we could do like we, we're being told that from the outside but we finally did it and it and it happened, and we came out with a win. So now I feel like this game just adds confidence to the rest of us that the next man is playing for them. CJ, you're a household name. Uh, Tyler Snead, a household name and receiver. How about a couple of guys? And Audio Matosho has been around a while, but, man, he stepped up late in the game. And Shane Calhoun, eight catches, 100-plus yards, and a touchdown. His coming-out party. How nice was that to see? I know those guys have been putting in the work. Oh, man, they, they put in work day in and day out. And, like, it just – like, I'm – I'm just happy to see that my boy Shane, he's, he's going crazy on the field. Eight receptions, 114 yards, and a touchdown as a tight end. Like, you're, you're a tight end in, the, in college. Like, they don't get really get that many balls. So, like, for him to have a performance like that is incredible. And Troy, I was pretty shocked at the stat, too. Steven Igo, I guess Tom McClellan to put it out. First 100-yard performance from a tight end. I believe he said since Carlister Crumpler Jr. Wow, which is a that, long time. Well, we had that, Devon that, Drew, Bryce Williams. Uh, how long ago? That's when Crump and I were in school together. Yeah, and actually worked that, together. A long time. Uh, ECU orientation. So that has been a while. Yeah. Um, what about the defense too? You got to give those guys credit. Oh man, they had their backs against the wall. And look, if the last play of the game, the inter- or second to last play of the game, the interception. If that's not interception, that goes for a touchdown for Marshall. We're having a very different conversation today. Yes, sir. And um, I told Jaquan, I told him before the game started, I said, I just need one. He said, I just need one. And it happened to be the one that won us the game. And like I told him before that play even started, I said, big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games. Yeah, absolutely. I was even the next play where EC, there were still six seconds on, on, yeah. on the – there were six seconds on the clock. But the way that – I thought it was going to be a touchback yeah. with the interception – 
they marked it on like the half the, the half yard line. I've never seen a ball that close to the goal line yeah. on an interception. And this is nothing as you, CJ, but we just think the worst. Like, no, oh no, my God, is, what's going like, to happen oh, here? The refs are really against us. What is going to happen? Yeah. And I was worried, like, if you mishandle the snap, anything <laughs> bad could happen. I, you got to run the clock out. But then I was like, okay, well, if we get a safety. We're still only still up two. You're yeah. still up by two. There may be even with the safety. Just don't let any. Don't let them score a touchdown. Don't turn the ball over. But Holden did a great job. Yeah. Ran around for a few minutes, seconds and then just heaved it. Uh, I guess was that the play call or did yeah, he? that was that's the design play. It's a uh, yeah. late game situation. But that was kind of a. I don't know about you. That was a little. I was a little. Oh, nervous. I was super nervous. <laughs> I was like, Players come so yeah. far. Don't let us mess it oh, up. Oh no, now, man. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't nervous with that play at all because we practiced so much in in practice and like. I mean, it happens in the game. Yeah, like, those those plays that you don't like, you don't think to practice, happens in the yeah, game. It's pretty wild. <laughs> CJ, uh, I know Holden's your buddy. You're happy for him, but he had more receiving yards than you on Saturday. <laughs> we can't let that happen again. <laughs> oh, no, he's gonna frame can't. this box score. Yeah. Oh man, we can't we can't let that happen. Twenty seven to twenty twenty. Now CJ had three catches, <laughs> but Holden's one was enough. Uh, to give him 27, but that was an awesome play. We were talking also about scored that. a touchdown. Too, yeah, we should say. we're talking about that before we went on the air with you. That play uh, has not been very successful in practice. The Sneed to Holden pass, right? <laughs> oh man, we <laughs> we didn't we didn't execute it at all during the week, <laughs> and then we uh, we got it we got it on Friday in the walkthrough, and we felt pretty good about it. So I mean, Sneed's got to be feeling pretty good about his arm though lately oh, he's kind of become a dangerous threat back there <laughs> oh man he has I, wait doesn't he have like the best quarterback rating <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> his quarterback ratings through the roof and you were saying like <laughs> you've used up your trick plays but i guess the exciting thing is y'all got to cook up some more now oh, the rest man. of the way right yes sir i mean and we don't i mean i don't plan to use trick plays in the game to win i feel like we stick to what we do and um stick to how we do it and execute we can win Today is your y'all's day off. You'll get back at it. Uh, heavy load day, as Mike likes to call it, um, coming up on Tuesday. What what's pra- what was practice like? What was the attitude? Um, first of all, I imagine the the plane ride back was a little uh, more fun than yeah. Oh yeah, it was normal. most definitely more fun. <laughs> and then how was how was Sunday getting back on the practice field with everybody? Oh man, it was. I mean, like I said, just everything feels better after after a win. So I mean, you come in you come in on Sunday and. It's fresh air, green grass, and everything looks better. Yeah, everything day, better. everything yeah. looks yeah. better, smells better, <laughs> running feels better. Like, just and everything. I saw some fans actually. I think you guys got back what, like two thirty, three yeah, in the morning. I yeah. mean, it was late. I, there were some people at the airport. Yeah, there was. Still, yeah, there there was, was I can't remember the last time people were wondering when's the team flight get back. <laughs> no, yeah, we that talked about asking, that on the post game show. And yeah. I'm sure some people maybe fell asleep, but that was. I'm sure it was exciting to see oh, fans man, back at the uh, at the airport. That's that's wonderful. Like just just knowing that there's people that are up at two or three a.m. just to welcome us home from a win, like. That's, that's just heartwarming. CJ, uh, we all got stuff going on in our own lives. I really enjoyed hearing you preseason. It was a day I couldn't be here, but Troy and you were kind of giving us your background as a person. Uh, Miles Berry, this past week, his father passing away, and I can't imagine what he's going through, but to see you guys rally around him in the locker room, he gets the game ball. He has seven tackles in the game, playing well. Like uh, It was great to see you guys picking up your brother, your teammate, your friend. And uh, what was that like in the locker room? With, oh, with man. Um, when everything happened, Coach asked him, he said, he asked him what Miles wanted to do. And Miles said he wanted to be here with his brother. So, I mean, uh, we took him at like, 
just, not even just because that situation happened. And he's always been, a, it's always been a brotherhood in that, in that locker room. So when something like that happens, we bring him in and we, we play for each other. Like, uh, so everything we play, we played for him. Uh, CJ Johnson joining us in studio here in the players lounge. CJ, you know, look, last week was great, but it was last week. It, it oh, really yeah. is. And I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. And I'm sure the coaches are saying this. It, it only, remain great if you can stack it up and build on it yes, and sir. go from there if you come out saturday and pirates can't get the job done it's going to seem people are going to forget about that marshall game but if you can build on this it can really create some momentum look you can't overlook anybody but what are your expectations now going into this uh charleston southern game coming up this weekend oh man i, I just feel like we're ready like i just feel like we're like we showed that we can be a top like the top tier team like marshall isn't a, a pushover team that's not like that's not just like playing anybody there's they they were disciplined they were they were fundamentally sound and um but yeah like you said don't look over anybody we're coming we're coming out playing this team just like we came out to play marshall good stuff cj great to talk to you after a victory yes, we sir. appreciate you joining us after <laughs> yes, losses sir. those are tough chats yes, but yeah. great to have you in here after yeah it's, win, it's, it's it's nice we hope to keep this thing going oh yes <laughs> it's oh, a lot yeah, more fun yeah. talking about after a win yes sir that's ecu wide receiver cj johnson we'll talk to you next week cj yes sir uh shirley Rhodes. we need to take a time out but we need to make somebody a winner right now Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right, the Pirate Radio booty bag is stocked. Monday winner on the line. Shirley, what are we giving away? We are giving away a shrimp taco lunch, courtesy of Chico's. All right, sounds like a winner, Troy D. I've had many of those in my day. (laughs) 317-1250, what caller are we looking for? 12. Caller 12, 317-1250 is a winner. More Pirate Radio Live on the way after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Orthopedics East and Sports Medicine Center of Greenville's new extended care clinic is now open Saturdays and Sundays from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. So you can avoid the emergency department for any urgent orthopedics care. For more information, call 757-2663 or visit orthoeast.com. Orthopedics East, providing services to Eastern North Carolina and the Pirate Nation for more than 35 years. And congratulations to Eric Mazel of Greenville. Picked up a shrimp taco lunch courtesy of Chico's. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's. Enjoy your favorites like shrimp tacos, steak and chicken fajitas, burritos, enchiladas, ACP, and more. Plus, ice-cold cervezas and Chico's Famous Margaritas are always available. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's. Now, let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All righty, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Good news, Pirate Radio Live listeners. We are extending our players' lounge into Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, ran out the, of time. The lounge has gotten so big. Bruce Bivens and Xavier Smith uh, dropped by earlier. We'll have that interview for you Tuesday on Pirate Radio Live. As uh, enjoy talking to those guys after the big win. 
And Shirley, you've been doing a great job putting together the uh, Players Lounge podcast. I guess that'll hit probably Tuesday at yeah, 6. Yeah, it'll, so, it'll hit Tuesday. So what we do for folks that <clears throat> miss it, um, we'll, we'll take every one of the players' interviews and we put it together as a podcast. We run it on Pirate Radio. I believe Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I don't have the schedule That's in front correct, of me. Yeah. It's 6 o'clock. And we also will have it uh, on our podcast platforms with Apple and other places. So. We'll have that for you, uh, yeah, later on in the week, and we'll have Bruce and Xavier that interview coming your way on Tuesday, which uh, I guess we'll have former Pirates in the Players Lounge. Kevin Monroe will join me, and yeah. Blake Prohl uh, going to yeah. be on the show as well coming up on Tuesday. So we got a big edition plus Mike Houston's post uh, press conference comments. So a packed Tuesday edition. Yeah, of the show coming uh, up. a lot of great guests this week, and we'll keep it rolling. It's, it's game week here back in Greenville Clip as uh, it is a night game in greenville the first night game of the year six o'clock kickoff so that'll be fun and uh hopefully i haven't looked at the weather ahead of time i'll do that right now and see uh what the early forecast is looking like and as of right now partly sunny skies high of 79 degrees lovely low of 55 so it looks like you could start your day with a little football weather but by the time it's kickoff it's going to be probably pretty nice and i know pirate fans seem pretty happy earlier troy that uh the 3 30 kickoff time announced for the two lane game next saturday look i'll take that any day of the week over the noon kickoff so yeah. if that's the uh next best time that's great um and i do i do like the 3 30 kickoff i think it gives you enough time to tailgate and uh doesn't end the game so late for folks that you know if that's an issue but i look i'm looking forward to the first night game of the year i'll tell you that i'm not gonna lie yeah six o'clock that's, this saturday 3 30 uh against tulane as the pirates will have back-to-back games at home and a lot of new interest in this game now because of what happened saturday all of a sudden i think there's some folks that keep it rolling baby are, are gonna be a little more pumped up to be there than they might have been otherwise definitely it added some butts to the seats uh for sure and uh, that's uh, it's just another part of winning. Gets you fired up for the next game. And we talked about it Friday. I said, if East Carolina could pull this thing out, I said they come back, and hopefully, I'm not going to say an easy win, but they should be victorious over a Charleston Southern team. And you finish the month 2-2, two and two, and everything's still in play as far as being able to be eligible to go to a bowl game this year which is a huge step in the right direction we already pulled out the schedules earlier and got back to the path to six wins troy there there is a road to six there's a road to six there is and i look and i these players that we've talked to and i've talked to a lot of you know off the air too their their goal is higher than six but i'm just being realistic i think that's a great start right now and if we could get to six i think people would be pretty fired up it's something that every ecu fan would be very excited about to finally get back to a bowl for the first time since 2014 yeah and i gotta be honest man i was talking with some friends over the weekend about it if i had to pick one realistic i and i don't think we're i don't know if our conference is tied into it unfortunately but man i would love to be at the myrtle beach bowl I mean, you want to talk about a great bowl for us. Well, Shirley said earlier, so Brad McMurphy puts out his projections. He had them in that bowl earlier this season. With uh-huh. Coastal Carolina. They lost a few, so he probably knocked them out of a bowl altogether. But his most recent one put us back in. had him in the Cure. Oh, yeah. And that's that's a, correct. The Cure and Bowl. that's in Orlando. I, that would be a fun one, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. I know, point, I know you're I know, not begging. I, beggars can't be choosers. No, I know. You're At this point, begging. I'm just excited any bowl game at this yeah. point. It's been so long. We used to kind of complain about which bowls and which Oh, yeah. We'd make fun of Beefo Brady's yeah. and Gallery yeah. Furniture. Beefo Brady's serving up, baby. Yeah. I'd be eating from the trough at Beefo Brady's if we could go back there. <laughs> no more complaining. It's like no. It's like complaining about hot weather, Troy D. You're not going to do it. No, I'm and not. And you're not going to complain gonna, about the and bowl. And I told you I've changed on bowl season. I kind of have embraced bowl season. I used to not be a, a bowl 
season proponent. But now I'm like, you know what? It's kind of something fun to do on the holidays. They are uh, they're meaningless games. I'll say that. Not if from your my, team's in it. For, they are meaningless games. It still means something to me, Clip Brock. If you win, the season's over. If you lose, the season's over. That's how I feel. It's maybe. still real to me. All right, maybe you feel different. Yeah, uh, I think it matters. But as a college football, it matters to the play. It doesn't matter to me. It matters, it matters to the players. It matters yeah. to the fans. It doesn't matter to me. Well, again, some fans maybe. It matters to me. Does it? Yes, it does. Yeah, right. it matters. I'm glad y'all are. So I disagree with you 100. To be the Dollar General Bowl champion? <laughs> are you kidding to me? Win, to win your last game of the year matters. I we think. did that last year. Well, I meant the last game that matters to win. SMU mattered. More on this coming up later on in the week as we'll continue this conversation on Friday. We shouldn't have started that I at know. 5.58. I know. Same that could have been a whole segment. Yeah. Next time we'll start the show with that. Uh, we'll do that one day. Yeah. Maybe next Monday, Maybe Troy. Or we'll get some poll, uh, talk to the people. Does it matter? Does a bowl win matter? Do you care? It absolutely matters. I mean, that's an easy answer. Yes, it matters. I love that this is a conversation now. That means we won our last game. Yeah. So We are still bowl eligible, by the way. Uh, yeah, that is factually correct. Exactly. Ron says it matters to everyone, knucklehead. Yeah, that's Ron, right, Ron. you're wrong because it doesn't matter to me. So you are factually incorrect. It matters to everyone that it should matter to, knucklehead. More on this later in the week. <laughs> I called you a knucklehead. Troy, we knucklehead. will see you. So uh, in the post game, we've got knucklehead and uh, roosterneck Neck. hosting now. That's right. <laughs> we need shirts, knucklehead and roosterneck. <laughs> I'm, with, like, I'm with roosterneck, and he's got one. I'm with that knucklehead. That's like a new podcast we could do. It's the knucklehead rooster, the knucklehead roosterneck podcast. We get I'm with stupid shirts, and they just point, both point up. <laughs> Instead of we're <laughs> at each other, either way. All right. All right. Good stuff. See you Friday. Have fun, man. See you then. We'll be back Tuesday, 3 o'clock, for an all new edition of Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation. This is Pirate Radio, WGHB Farmville, 1250 at 92.7 FM Greenville, WDLX Washington, 930 at 104.1 FM Washington.